Hello and welcome to episode number 75, three quarters of a century and about almost as many years of the third power. This is your host, Anthony Avatolo. And as always, I'm here with your bubbly, much like Burdick soda host, Usman Jamil. Hey, I actually didn't get a soda like I normally should. I think we were actually, my wife and I were actually at the Asian store and intended to get one. And she actually pointed it out and I was like, eh, I'll get something later. Uh, well, we're all disappointed in you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. And, and by all, I mean, our special guests are with us here today, too. No, no, that's a professional segue. <laughs> that, that's what we call a pass off. This is where this is where you say yes. And today we have with us dot dot dot. Oh, but that requires me not being awkward. <laughs> uh, again, I think everyone's expecting such a thing. So, got got to stay on brand, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. I mean, if you want to, you can just do it in your demon voice, and that way it'll it'll uh, it'll change. Oh, there we go. So. uh there goes the awkwardness creeping back in for the oh, giggles. For sure. Oh, for sure. So our guest today, we have Drew and Zakiel from What's in the Box. What's in the Box? Hey, everyone. How's everybody doing? Glad to be on. Haven't, uh, we, seems like we haven't talked in a while. Oh, wait, no, that was earlier this month. Yeah, I was like, what, two weeks ago? <laughs> or alternatively, we were just all hanging out together and cubing a couple weeks ago. Yes, yes. Cubes were many and frequent. So, Yeah, I'm sure you guys need to go out and listen to the last What's in the Box episodes. Keel and Drew talk about their experiences at Memphis and talk a little bit about Modern Horizons and play the guessing game of, of what's in and, and what's out that they think or what should be in and what should be out. So you guys should go and, and find that on MTG cast, uh, going to episode 19. Uh, I think it was 27, 27, <laughs> same thing, same thing, same thing. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just naming numbers that I like. It was episode number 42. Actually. Uh, yeah. Everything's well, episode number 42. And uh, to be fair, uh, just so everybody knows, like it basically just confirms the fact that you shouldn't go by what I like because I don't care about the good of the game. I just want to be able to make the decks that I like. <laughs> <laughs> like, what card would I like for my deck? Mm -hmm. This card, yes. You should definitely put that in. Well... We are here today to discuss and kind of do a retrospective on the year 2017. Uh, there were quite a few magic sets printed that year. And because of our recent experience in Memphis and hanging out together, we wanted to kind of keep that train rolling a bit and continue to just talk about Cube with, with friends. And uh, so we're going to go back to 2017 in the, I guess, whatever generation you are. Let's see. It could be the Wayback Machine, right? Uh, then it could be like, I guess you could do like Wayne's World, like dream sequence 
what 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 other what what sort of recent pop culture reference could we have for going back in time? Oh, I was going to say the DeLorean, but that's not recent at all. Okay, okay, well, okay, then no, the DeLorean's good, right? That's a that's another like older pop culture reference. It's certainly newer than the Wayback Machine with Sherman and Peabody. Hmm. Doc, is Doctor Who still? Do people is that it's still a, a thing? It's both way back and current, so there's that's a thing. Hmm. Yeah. As, who who knew that that Doctor Who links all times, spans all times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Both fictionally as well as uh, IRL. Yeah. So, so yeah. So uh, we're gonna say we're gonna go back to 2017, which featured such hits as "Hour of Devastation" and "Amonkhet" and "Aether Revolt." As well as uh, the Commander 2017, Ixalan, and Unstable. So, uh, gents, do you have any requests for where to begin? I mean, I was thinking just do it chronologically, but oh god, chronologically. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, how about alphabetically? Incidentally, it's the same. <laughs> right, it's pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> I actually thought about that. Like, it's pretty close. Like. Really, really, it's like a month difference where chronologically and alphabetically are different. Yeah, besides Commander, and that, that's about it. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, why don't we go to uh, the first set then, Ether Revolt. It was a. Uh, it, that's about the time that I just completely quit constructive magic and basically only played Cube and a little. Little EDH, I guess you'd say, but yeah, there's. It, it was good because I got to focus more on like the two or three cards at each set that I really wanted for the cube. So there's definitely a couple favorites in this set. Well, and for those of us who like shiny things, this was yet another. Uh, this was the second iteration, I guess, second block, at least the tail end of the second block iteration of the masterpieces as well. Mm-hmm. So we had that excitement of of wondering what the next set of masterpieces would be. And how much it was going to hurt our trade stock or our wallets. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What one did this one have? It had shackles and some of the swords. So it had like shackles. It had a couple. It had like body and mind. Um, as far as cube cards go, uh, let's see: uh, shackles, war and peace, body and mind, worm, worm coil, coil engine. Um. Needle. I guess Oblivion Stone, EE. Sundering Titan, if you play that. Sundering Titan, yep. yes, yes. Sundering Titan for sure. So mostly it, it, this felt to me like, uh, it was like the, the sideboard cards. I guess Black Vice, if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> Staff of Domination. Right. Yeah, yeah, but that that's some that's some commander stuff right there, man. Oh, you apparently never had a Rafelos on board. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've certainly had Rafelos, but you know, some of us aren't greedy with a capital G. <laughs> what? So I want to draw my entire deck and make infinite mana. What's and see this set even gave you something to do with that mana and walking blisters. So it just it all goes together. Uh, well, there you go. You just yeah. said it. Let's kick it off. All right. Do we want to do artifacts? I was going to say, do we want to do Wooberg, or we can just talk about whatever, honestly? I mean, I, I honestly, Drew, I, I think Drew just broke the uh, broke the seal, and 
we could talk about artifacts first since this was an artifact set. Yeah, that seems cool. Okay. All right, Drew, Mr. I love infinite mana. Why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us how much you love walking ballista? Well, it, uh, it makes me sad that I don't have palancron in the cube anymore because that was one of the alternate wing cons. If I don't get to storm off, it's a thing. Um, it's just, you know, it's just, it's good early if you just really need something and it's a mana sink late. It's goes in any deck. It's, it's not batter skull good, but it's, it's up there in my, you know, colorless, uh, picks, uh, especially from that year. There's, uh, not a whole lot in the creature category for this, this particular set, but that one just kind of checked a lot of boxes for me. Yeah, it was, it's one of those, it, it kind of made, uh, Triskelion look real bad, right? Yeah, it was sad. Sad times. Yeah. Its shootability also makes combat math like pretty hard sometimes because you obviously take if if you get attacked by it, it's taking the damage of whatever it deals you during combat and then the additional power later through counters for the most part, which is incredibly flexible and we've seen it in eternal formats and all that kind of stuff, but in cube it's just as good. Right, it just feels like it's got it feels like it has double strike. Because it's just like I'm attacking you with this and it's just double whatever its power is is the poten- is the maximum potential for how much damage I'm taking. Yeah, it's kind of like or like a seal of fire that's on board. It's just like that was like the always the thing. It's like you're twenty but you're actually at eighteen kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, it granted it's a lot easier to kill a walking ballista than a seal of fire, but well, it, but even more so, like you, it, like you're gonna waste a card on it because, like, I guess there's a couple of split second cards that run around cube, maybe a crossing grip or something. But like, you're gonna point something at it, and they're still gonna just take the counters off and either mow something down or go to the face. So it's just like it's almost impossible to keep them from getting value out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Once it's on board, it's it's really tough to 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 interact with it. And, you know, and it's, and the, like, like you said, it kind of does everything, right? It's like an early game speed bump. It's a late game giant creature. It's a card that has reach. It's a mana sink, even if it comes down a little bit early and you have nothing, you know, extra mana laying around that you can still get value out of it. Uh, this, this card has certainly impressed me a lot. Yeah. That's something I've liked in like those big mana artifact decks is just like, I got nothing better to do. I got these mana rocks that are just hanging out, doing nothing. It's like, oh, right, four, four. And it's not, like, super efficient, but, you know, that's fine. It's free. And you and you can go get it with Trinket Mage. Yep. That's another one of my favorite parts. Well, and, it, you know, the one of the things that I never feel bad about is uh, I play lands, they go. You play a bird. That bird's gonna die. Like I'm gonna play my other land, play this one, and just ping it, and that's gonna be just the the best colorless bolt ever. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> the utility's just there. All right, who wants to? Who wants to? It's a, we, we're all pretty much in agreement. This card's great. You should be running it. Pretty great. All right, anybody for uh, for a call out for the next card? I have I have one reserved for me. So, but I have a feeling you guys won't talk about it. Unless you remember mm-hmm. a conversation from uh, Memphis. Anybody else <laughs> want to call out a uh, artifact to talk about? How, have you all tried Aether Sphere Harvester much in Cube? What do you all think of that? 
Should we read I the pride. cards out loud, by the way, or should we just name them? I don't know if we should read the cards out so loud. I think like everybody, I think everybody knows what Walking Melissa does. Aethersphere Harvester. If you know, if, uh, you should. Most people should know what that does. But as a reminder, it's the three-drop uh, vehicle. It's a three-five, and you get two energy when it comes into play. Uh, you can pay an energy, and it gets lifelink until end of turn, and it's a crew one. I think this card is completely reasonable. It's a gigantic blocker. Uh, I've added it to my cube because I really like vehicles. Mm-hmm. Me too. And uh, wait, shocking! The person who loves living weapon also loves vehicles. Yeah, how'd that happen? <laughs> wow, <laughs> surprised. Well, crew uh, one is also great. Like, yes, that's huge. Yeah, it's and like it, it just does so much for a pretty pretty low investment, and five toughness is a lot. Yeah, especially against the the. You know, it's got the lifelink activation for one energy and against a burn deck that they can't really deal with the five toughness by burning it out. And then you get to probably gain six life along the way. It's definitely a hoser for, for, uh, the really aggro strategies. Mm-hmm. Well, right. And like I said, especially on, if it's on blocking duty, you're talking, it's three power is going to kill most things coming out of the aggressive decks, especially the red ones. If they want to kill it, they're going to have to two for one it, and you're gaining a a portion, if not a turn, by you know gaining three life, even if that's only just you know doing it once. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's still fine. Like I've I've liked it so far. Like it's kind of been in and out in my cube for the past maybe year ish or so, but I've liked it. it it's a nice uh, cross section of both a vehicle card and an energy card. Um, which I, I don't have a lot of either, but it stands alone in each camp. Like you don't have to have a bunch of energy production because it makes two on its own. And that, like I said, even if you get a couple activations out of it, that's enough. Um, the looter scooter is really the only vehicle I've constantly ran, but I have tried this out and it's been, been pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like with the, uh, what is it? The skyship console or whatever, the big boat, mm-hmm. like the, the, the crew too sometimes is awkward. It's just like I, I don't know if I have the crew for this. But yeah. I feel like I, I feel like I like I've liked Harvestor more than the like Looter Scooter is definitely the best one, and then I think Harvester is probably the second best vehicle. I think I think it's either Harvester or uh, Fleetwheel Cruiser. I think. Yeah, I've been really big on Fleet Wheel Cruiser. Um, just in terms of, uh, uh, as an aggro card, it's really, really good as even kind of a top end piece when your smaller creatures become kind of irrelevant later on, but unrelated. <laughs> yeah. Right. Guys, that's 2016. Hello. <laughs> uh oh. How are the kids going to relate to 2016? <laughs> Dude, this card has a lot of heart, but not as uh, much heart as uh, Heart of Period. <laughs> oh, right. Oh. Uh, uh. <laughs> uh. So, uh, that one, like I said, the the crew three. You know, it, it's that's one with the loyalty clause. You can just take a loyalty. Yes. Yeah. Four four for two. Mm-hmm. And the stats are good, but like if you just like I don't know, like the crew three. It's like you better have just a big planeswalker deck for that one because the crew three is rough. It's got vigilance, but still. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that's where it kind of helps with Planeswalkers, too, is, like, it lets it attack and defend. I feel like I like this card a lot more, and I kind of fallen less in love with it 
even though I don't have like a planeswalker cap and I have no idea how that's going to work with War of the Spark, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. People are probably going to have to start lifting those or abandoning them. But like, I feel like I've mainly ran this index, yeah, with either like a bunch of planeswalkers or a bunch of big dudes. And I don't know. I. I mean, the fact that I didn't even bring it up before, although that's probably just because I just forgot about it. Let's be honest. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of those cards I really liked, and now I'm like, I've cooled down on, but it's still fine. But So I, I still like this card a lot because there are lots of... So as the cube gets older and older, we wind up with more and more like low-end, high-power cards. So even in like your... Uh, even in like your more aggressive decks outside of your just like super aggro, you know, attacking, whatever. Um, there are still quite a few like two drops and three drops that turn this on. And being able to attack in the air is, is a big deal a lot. Um, and we have, like I said, a fair amount of, you know, aggressive two drops and especially three drops that all turn this on, especially considering on turns that like, you're not attacking with your three drop anyway, because it's just, you know, just coming into play and being able to still crack for four. Obviously this card's insane in any sort of deck that has a planeswalker in it. So, uh, at the time I remember having a white weenie deck that just happened to have like, uh, some Gideon action in it and just being able to like plus it plus your guy. Okay. Now I'll just remove the plus that I just did and crack you for four and have a 4-4 back on defense, and have some other creatures attacking, made it really, really difficult. Because even mm-hmm. at that point, like, having, uh, you know, a, a sweeper, you know, a Wrath of God or something, it's just like, okay, but I still have this Planeswalker, and I'm still going to be cracking you. Especially when you get to the point where it's like, all right, all I have left is Gideon and Heart of Kieran. Okay, make him a dude. Oh, by the way, make this a dude, too. Nine you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it, but I also really like vehicles. Crew three is certainly a bit prohibitive at times, but I was surprised how often I was able to activate it when I didn't feel like I could. Mm -hmm. If that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. It does. Yeah, it makes sense. How often do you think you get to use the loyalty clause on this uh, as opposed to the just normal crew three? So depending on what kind of deck it's in, I think, uh, but overall it probably sits around the 50, 50 mark for me. Hmm. Um, because it winds up in a variety of decks. Um, and that might be slightly skewed because I have a Russian foil one. So (laughs) people are like, Oh my God, this looks so sweet. I'm drafting it. And so then it winds up getting played in, a, a wider variety of decks, which is another reason I like it, is that it can go in a wider style of decks. It's not just an aggro card, right? So I'm probably not putting Fleet Wheel Cruiser in my blue-white control deck with Planeswalkers, but I might be interested in the Heart of Kirin. Mm. Like, or a blue-white, you know, like mid-range, or a blue-black mid-range. I might be interested in a Heart, especially with things like Ashiok that generate two power Two loyalty on the front end when you plus them. 
Yeah, absolutely, for sure. So it's been interesting. I've I've enjoyed it a lot. It's one of my I agree with Usman that it's kind of slipping down the list um, of vehicles, especially as we get more other cards and it starts to push things out. It's definitely kind of sliding down that list, but it might go right back to the top here soon if we get some low-end aggressive planeswalkers in this set. Yeah, I feel like with War of the Spark, they're not going to do like all quote-unquote value planeswalkers like Obnixilis or Jace, whatever. I feel like they're probably going to have to, at least it feels like they're going to have to run the gamut between like aggressive planeswalkers, like the three mana Ajani. Cause I think for the most part, those are kind of the exception where it's just like a purely aggressive walker. And they're probably going to have to run the gamut with more of those. Yeah. I've, you know, if you if you lay them all out on a on a spectrum of like aggressive versus control or even just mana cost, right? We have what one two mana walker and only a handful of threes. There's no mm-hmm. way every walker in the set is going to be four five six, right? Yeah, like, probably not. I I really want them to print a one mana planes walker and see what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Like maybe 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 Norin the wary is is now a planes walker. Yeah. Or- <laughs> Like, cause, like Zekiel just said, uh, Deathrite Shaman. That's pretty much Planeswalker. <laughs> yeah. Yes, One it is. <laughs> and it, it's from Ravnica, so they could tweak it and just actually make it a Planeswalker. It's kind of like a joke, but it would probably be really good. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Norin the Sparky. Poor Norin. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I'm curious how it goes. It's, it's certainly slipping down the list for me as well. But I don't think it's – I like it too much to kind of – I think to get rid of it at this point. But yeah. I, all right, Usman, you want, would you like to pick a card? There's there's two more cards. Early. I think three more cards we should definitely mention in this. In right? artifacts? In, in, this, in this artifact stuff. So I, I have one that you could probably – I think, uh, Usman, is it your turn to pick? No, I guess. You, you said it was me, so it's me. <laughs> so. Well, the other – well, are we, we're trying to be nice to our guests and let them pick first, <laughs> even though Drew didn't realize he was picking. Oh, there you go. So the one I don't, I guess it's technically in the section of Lifecrafter's Bestiary or Bestiary. I don't know how it's okay. Like three mana artifact at the beginning of Repkeep Scry 1. Whenever you cast a creature spell, you may pay green if you do draw a card. So honestly, I think this card's kind of been quote-unquote outclassed by Guardian Project. Because the chasm between being free to activate and one mana is pretty huge. Like it's, it's like Grand Canyon sized. Whereas like one to two is a lot less, but, and I've liked guardian project and I've, I've kind of, this is another card I've been kind of like in and out on for green decks because it kind of helps those green mid range decks uh-huh. in the slower matchups kind of grind a bit easier because that's kind of the annoying thing sometimes if against a control deck is like they counter what matters and it's hard to keep up sometimes and this kind of helps with that yeah and the scry matters you know the scrying is subtly very powerful if, yeah. if people haven't realized that yet mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's definitely a really good mechanic I, I think it's just a great mechanic in general scry one or just scrying in general, really. 
I don't know. Repeatable scry. Like every turn, figure it out. Like, I don't know if you guys, how many of you were uh, around for Odyssey block, but like having Think Tank in your deck mm-hmm. was, one of, was one of my favorite cards, especially because it was in a threshold format and a flashback format. Yeah, that definitely helped. Which is basically the, what's the Demir mechanic called? Uh, I mean, Wait, I guess there's several. You scry, well, the one where it's a veil. You I'm just scry, gonna... or you get to put it in your bin. Surveil, I think. Surveil, there yeah. you go. Think Tank was basically Surveil 1 during your upkeep. Yeah, pretty much. So, would you recommend Lifecrafter's Bestiary to, to people? I mean, it's fine. It's it's something you can always try out. Like, it's not some whatever staple, whatever, like 180, whatever staple or whatever nonsense. But, I mean, it's it's fine. I don't think I'm running it now. Like, it's another card. I'm kind of like, this is where you picture me kind of shaking my hand left and right. Like, eh. But it's it's okay. It's not bad. It's a, it's a nice tool to have. All right. Uh, so... Like I said, there to me, and like I said, you guys are welcome to add. I think there are three more cards on here. Two of which I think are a little obvious that we should talk about, and then I'm saving. I'm 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 going to be overly dramatic and save mine for last. What do you guys think about metallic mimic? I was looking at that. I've never had like a a lot of tribal synergy. Like there's just some random here and there, like especially on the gray crawler uh, stuff like that. But uh, it. It can definitely bolster some things like humans or, I don't know, even if you had a, you know, want to make a Murpha travel deck, I don't know who yep. would want to do that, but yep. it could be done. Uh, and just the counters, especially if it's a, a tribe that can take advantage of that, maybe you got a sweet Simic deck that's got all the tribes, as they do. Right, like Metallic Mimic Ooze. Or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so... I don't know. I, I have found that it's much like Usman's donate, uh, handout card. Oh, the, um, heirloom blade? Heirloom blade. I think there are a lot of, I, I think if you, if you break down the creature types, I think there's probably a lot of homogeny going on. Homogeneousness? Homogeny? Homogeneous. Homogeneity? homogeneity, spontaneity um, of creature types. I think you'll find that there's a ton of humans, especially in white. There are a fair amount of zombies and or demons in black. Um, There's a lot of wizards in blue. And um, I have added this to mine and gotten some games in. And I've been pl- very pleasantly surprised. It kind of snuck up on me a little bit how how good this actually is. I'm just thinking now this card combos with um, the one drop the one drop Merfolk guy. Was it Benthic something? So I think Biomancer or, or yeah. Biomancer. Yep. I believe. Yeah. So you could draw. You could loot like the same turn. Huh. Yeah. I'm so it's also on this card. I'm glad you mentioned this. It also does stuff with like kitchen things. You can infinite loop. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. You can infinite loop with, if you have a sack outlet with, uh, you know, the black red goblin dude that shoots. Red cap. 
red cap. Yep. Um, so it's got like a couple little like synergies like that as well. Um, but I've been very, very pleased with this about like, oh, wow. it's, it's much like heirloom blade of like, oh, wow. I had no idea this was also a blank. Mm-hmm. And like, as it turns out, it's like, wow, this card's actually pretty solid, even though this is not the type of card you would look at and go, oh, yeah, I'm not playing that card. That's like a constructed card. You know, that's that's for something else. I have been very pleasantly surprised by this card. I've, I've been like, one of these today. I've been like decent on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Like I've had it as part of like my artifact aggro thing, and it's it, it feels like most of the time when it ends up in decks, it's if there's a token generator or two that can really take advantage of it. Yeah. Like also super obnoxious. Yeah, like if you have, you know, and it usually tends to depend on what you have in your hand, I find. Like, if, for the sake of argument, if you're a white aggro deck that has a lot of humans, but you have an Elspeth Knight Errant in your hand, like, it might be better in the abstract to name human, but sometimes, it, like, in those scenarios, it's just like, all right, I'm going to play this on two, and then, oh, my Elspeth now spits out two two soldiers, and it's like, okay, yep. Yep, yep. And I've well, seen that kind of thing happen too, which is cool. And there's and also things like there's lots of goblins in red. Like mm-hmm. imagine playing this before Siege Gang Commander. <laughs> no, they're all two twos. Or Rabble Master. Right. Or Rabble Master. Or the new one, Rabble Master V two. Or, or Yeah. Or the Beetleback Chief or whatever it is. Uh so like there's there's you know, and there's a, a fair amount of warriors too, but like there's a lot of goblins that make. So like there's lots of just like sneaky interactions, and by itself, it's still a two power for two. Yeah, that does you know get the the chosen type right. So if you are in a grave crawler deck, you, it counts as a zombie or deranged so, hermit. That seems pretty good too. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I only yeah. squirrel. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So I, I think this card is sneaky good and it's it's not embarrassing. So let's be honest. If you play this card and they immediately kill it, you're probably still fine with that, right? If it's if it's just like Absolutely. this is a huge perceived threat and they immediately spend removal on it, like that's always fine, right? But most likely people aren't going to because they're going to be like, yeah, I don't, it's a cube draft. I don't know what they're going to do with that. And then you're going to cast your next thing and they're going to go, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I mean, you're like mimic and they're like, yeah, whatever, play this thing. You're like rabble master. It's a three, three, make a two, two attack you. And it's like, okay. Huh. Cool. Huh. <laughs> well, now, granted, your mimic has to attack too because it's a goblin, but whatever. That seems fine. That seems like a fine trade-off. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So, so that's, that's one that, that's not the, the, the one I really wanted to talk about, but I think that's one that certainly passed me by when we did the set review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You guys good on that one? Yeah, you convinced me. I'm, I'm okay. adding to cart. I got another one for you. I just picked up one of these in Memphis. I just picked up a, uh, uh, Masterpiece in Memphis while we were there. Uh, Planar Bridge. 
Really? Ah, now, now yeah. didn't you just say that I was the one in EDH land and you've got this <laughs> eight activation cost card that I love, by the way? Uh, so, like you, you're the one wanting the infinite mana sink, I, I believe. <laughs> so, Planar Bridge was, was, was highly recommended to me by Brad from, uh, Soli Singleton. Uh, yeah. and he just like, this card is absurd. And so I, while I haven't actually played with it yet, cause I haven't cubed, uh, since obtaining it, uh, so Planar Bridge, six to, six mana to play, uh, eight and tap it, put a permanent from your deck into play. Yes, it's pretty ridiculous if you get to untap with it and get activate it. You're just like, best thing ever. I mean, obviously this is not going in your Goblin Guide deck. However, and while from a purely mana to, uh, mana to cost, you know, like what you get out of it ratio, it's, you know, awkward. The first activation, you're not getting 14 mana worth of permanent. I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe you're just like, Emrakul, we're one mana ahead, suckers. <laughs> but, uh, but the ability to do it at instant speed, the ability to tutor for whatever you want or need, I think is, is super interesting. And I'm very much looking forward to trying this out. Uh, how, how does this usually play in EDH, Drew? Uh, somebody plays it, and then everybody dogpiles them and kills them. <laughs> <laughs> so, because like once they play it, if they can't activate it that turn, it's like anything anybody's got is going to destroy this and then kill that person. Because that's how strong it is. If you if you can activate it, it just okay. Like let's compare it to a very known cube quantity sneak attack. Okay, it's six colorless versus three in a red. So you're paying a little bit more, but it goes in any deck. Now, one red activation is a heck of a lot less than eight colorless, but it searches your deck. It's, you know, and there is no this sack at end of turn stuff. It doesn't get haste, but, you know, you do it on instep. But it's just, uh, it's it's definitely the more fair version, but at the same time, it's overall more powerful, thus the eight mana activation cost. But it's it's nuts. If you get to activate it, you should probably win a game. So, Zakiel, what what colorless mana cost would you put on this following card, right? So it costs colorless mana, and it says, search your library for a card and put it into your hand. Into your hand? Search, your, it? search, it, search your library for a permanent card and put it into your hand. Uh, How much would that ability cost? Hmm. Uh, well, I feel like I should have a better answer. Hold on, sorry. Well, open question for everybody, right? So let's. I, I would put uh, it around today. I'd probably put it around five or six. I was going to say okay. six. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say it depends on how pushed it's being considered. I guess probably my first thought was three, like comparing it to demonic tutor. Although that's obviously like way pushed in terms of like printable right. power level. But, that, but that's okay, right? Because we, we play such cards in cubes, right? So that's what I'm saying. If this let let's do it in, in a cube format. If you were designing a card for cube that said uh you know, random card that had an ability, let's say, you know, whatever it is, and it says, you know, pay this amount of colorless mana, put a card from your live put a permanent card from your library into your hand, how much would that cost? 
I think six because it's still colorless. And while like DT is obviously pushed, uh, like being able to play that in every deck, especially like this card seems insane in mono green. And if you're able to ramp out and then like tutor in mono green, I, apart from obviously all the other stuff, um, seems really good. I don't know. Right. So, so you say six, Drew, what do you say? Uh, probably say five. Five. Okay. It, it's close to diabolic tutor at that point, even though it's colorless, but you said permanent card. Right. Which is kind of a drawback compared to a diabolic tutor. So we'll sure. Okay. Who's mine? What do you think? I'm sticking with three because I'm greedy. <laughs> okay. So so we have what eight fourteen. So you know between you guys, it's roughly four point six or something like that for the ability. So what that means is that this card then effectively, if we're rounding up to five, basically says has that ability of searcher deck plus play that card for three mana. If we discount that ability from the eight. Sure. Now yeah. you're saying, okay, it's five mana to go search for your nickel bolus or five mana to go search for your Ugin or five mana to go search for your, I don't know, uh, zealous conscripts or your Tamio or whatever. But now it only costs three mana to play it. Like think about it in those terms. It's the eight mana starts to seem like a discount, especially when we're talking at instant speed. Yeah, hmm. I, could, I could definitely imagine this going in a um, a ramp like Mind's Desire style deck where, you know, you've got those bombs that you want to hit off Mind's Desire. And you also want to get the, a lot of mana to to have the, the turn to go off on. So, you know, it, 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 it could go in that style deck pretty easily, I think. So in, in those terms, I, I'm excited to try this card. Yeah. I bet it, I bet it leads... Use- yeah, repeat. Well, like I said, I bet it leads to some really good game stories and some probably some salt, which is you know makes for good cube stories. Right, and, and isn't that why? I mean, that's literally the reason why I, I loved Chaos uh, Warp so much. It's just like you never know what's going to happen. It could be a boat. It it could it could be a jungle weaver. Like I don't know what you're <laughs> going to wind up with. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you we we always would talk about like. The quote, it could even be a jungle weaver because, you know, people would always play jungle weaver in their, uh, draft decks because it was just like, you could just cycle it and it becomes any other card in your deck. Like, so could even be a jungle weaver. It was just like, wound up being a term for us for any card that existed. Hmm. Like, like it might even be a jungle weaver because people would just put it in their deck to make their deck 39 cards instead of 40 cards. Wow. Because it just cycled for two. Whatever. Yeah. Like Street Wraith. Yeah, just cycled. Whatever. Yeah. Just used to deck size. So, so yeah, so that's that's an interesting one. And now the one I really want to talk about. I'm sorry I'm talking so much here, but I'm, drive, I'm driving on this set. And speaking of driving, I'm driving the Untethered Express, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a pretty good conversation about this one after drafting the, uh, the Popper Cube, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Because this one's just just better than the the common one from from Kaladesh. It's just, well, I mean, it's like a a rhino train coming at you. So yes, Tricera train. Yeah. So, yeah. So Untethered Express is a four four vehicle for four. It's got trample. Whenever it attacks, you put a plus one plus one counter on it. So it's very akin to Raging Ravine, and the crew is only one. I have 
I lost so many games of limited to this card. I had to try it. And I'd won so many games of limited. And I have been as for someone who likes vehicles. I love this card. I almost like it more than fleet wheel cruiser. Almost. Wow. Well, it grows every time it attacks, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. And it has yeah. trample. Yeah. That's for, and for the trade off of usually a one, one token to crew it for sure. Exactly. And then it's not a creature on their turn, so it dodges sorcery removal and like all the vehicles, you know. So it's 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 definitely like it's just like in the picture, it's coming downhill. And if you don't stop it soon, you probably won't be able to. So it right. just gets really big, pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I, like I said, I've been very very impressed with this card. It has been the fact that it attacks the first time for five trample. That's a lot. And, you know, you get to do things like it gets crewed with your idiot uh, blade splicer guy. Like, we all think about the 3-3 three, three that it makes, but like, hey, this 1-1 one, one is now a 5-5 five, five attacker. So I've been very, very impressed with this. And, and if you like vehicles, I would highly suggest giving this a try. We all know what it feels like to constantly get attacked by Raging Ravine. Uh, oh, yeah. And this one, much like Raging Ravine, has uh, dodges the you know the removal on your turn, the sorcery speed removal on your turn, um, and then this this puppy's got trample. Not to mention, it dodges the best removal from this set, where Raging Ravine does not. Ooh, for uh, the most yeah. part, for the most part, <laughs> I guess if you had some kind of. Uh, revolt, you could you could push this thing, but uh, yeah, I, I do like pushing man lands, but this kind of gets around that for the most part. So that's that's the thing to think about. So yeah, that's another one. It's it's not maybe as sneaky good as uh, metallic mimic is, but I have been very very happy with this card. So there you go. Yeah. It's a nice solid one. It's a nice solid. Drew, have you tried a paradox engine in your cube? Uh, I have not. I have uh, have it in the EDH deck, and it's you know it's pretty busted when you've got any kind of mana dorks or just tap abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I play it in a zombie, just like the most degenerate thing you can do. Just draw your whole deck. And, oh, jeez, yeah. But <laughs> I'm I mean, gonna draw my entire it, deck. Yeah. Um, you know, Paradox Engine is it's it's not um, the card I'm thinking of. It's not opposition good on average, but when it's good, it might be better if that makes sense. Yeah, and that's saying something, you know. But like, because like it does with mana rocks, and like it gives you vigilance if you play something post combat. But it's also a five mana do absolutely nothing when you cast a card, which is generally a little bit much for for a lot of cubes. Recently spiked paradox engine. Yes, yeah, I thought it went crazy. Really, yeah, it's very expensive right now. And the funny thing is, I'm pretty sure I just got rid of mine at the GP to trade in for some foils. Can't say with 100% certainty, but mm. oh, that's the I'm afraid to look. Mm-hmm. But mm. I might have traded mine in for like 11 each. Uh, oh. Yeah, I... Uh, 
I had a similar experience when they banned Grave Troll again in Modern. I had fold out dredge and I was just really salty. So I just started shipping all the pieces and then they printed this other card that made dredge good again. And I'll, then I went to go sell the cards and I realized, Oh, I already sold them and I got like a quarter of what they are right now. <laughs> so, oh, geez. Bad times. Yeah. I'll have to look. I'm, I'm afraid to look and see how, how much I missed it. There's a chance I didn't sell them and I'm just dumb, but you know, I have been very busy since Memphis, so I haven't done a lot of magical gathering. Uh, but when I saw that spike, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. I have maybe some. I don't know. Yeah, like yeah. I might. No. Oh. So, well, to, to be determined, see what happened. All right. Yeah. Here, so th- there are a lot of artifacts in this set that are good. Obviously, this is the artifact block. Any other ones you guys want to talk about before we, we Wooberg it up? I mainly just wanted to point, like, uh, my friend Sir Funchalot, who I talked about in the last episode, he has a cube that, like, there's a cube he has that's, like, very, like, degenerate kind of stuff. And Paradox Engine, from what I recall, has been really good in Storm. So, like, that's <laughs> something oh, yeah. to, for, for that, like, you know, you untap all of your rocks and probably win afterwards. Because with Storm, it's just cascades so well on itself with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, ooh. If you play uh, the card that lets you tap a legendary, that lets you uh, tap a legendary permanent to untap it to make one mana, the paddle. Yeah, like Honor Worn Shaku or Honor something. Honor Worn Shaku. Yeah, man, you could tap your Paradox Engine to tap Honor Worn Shaku, and then when you cast a spell, it untaps your engine and your Shaku, so it actually makes two more mana. Huh? Yeah. Huh? That's, that's a use. <laughs> huh? I think one it works other, that way. Uh, one quick card. Uh, Treasure Keeper is not the best, but it's kind of fun. Four mana, when it dies, you reveal the top cards until you reveal an online card with CMC three or less and put it into play. Uh, or I'll cast it. It's fun. I don't think it's like the most competitive card, but I always like free value stuff. Yeah. Right, and a three, three, four, four isn't, isn't embarrassing at all. Mm-hmm. Especially when you just get free stuff afterwards. And the fact that it's a non-land is nice. So you're not just like, oh, great. Yeah. Basic land. Great. Awesome. Like delay cascade. So it's, that's always good. Ooh, that's a good way to think about it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what else there is in this. Like I'm looking through non artifacts. Uh, there's not a ton. That's why I was okay, you know, spending some time talking about that. Um, uh, so like, so let's go on from artifacts. Um, there is, um, I, I don't know if you guys have tried. I, certainly, if if you like two card combos, Felidar Guardian is yeah. is a place you can go. Um, just as it, it can just be used as a value creature as well. Um, if you're into that sort of thing, because you just get to you know reset your ETBs, you get to reset Planeswalkers to use them again. Um, the 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 biggest thing, obviously, going against it is the fact that it's a four mana white card. Yeah, that's very true. Um, are, there, are there good four mana white cards in cube? Is that like a, a tough spot? That's, uh, so I don't know. Look, I, I that's what I get when I listen to uh, other podcasts. They tell me that there's good four mana white cards. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I've learned. Next thing you're gonna tell me is that there's a glut of uh, of green three, green fours. I mean, I don't, I don't know. 
Yeah. I, look, you know, I'm, I'm not a smart man. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I've, you know, when, when I think <laughs> about my draft deck from your cube, uh, Drew, and I, and I think about seeing Armageddon and, uh, Ravages and Ravages next to each other. And I'm like, are there any good, what, are there any good white fours? And Usman mentioned Elspeth <laughs> earlier and the list. <laughs> Goes on and on. Resto. I was gonna say, if you had to pick Resto or Felidar, uh, is it what would you pick? I feel like I would still go Resto, but Resto by far. Yeah, Yeah. flying more power. Yes, every day. The only reason, and the thing is, is they both still combo with your Kikis and such, right? Like, Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you do have that going for it. Um, but I guess it doesn't come. Uh, it doesn't combo but, with twin, but it combos right, with Kiki right. Jiki. But it combos with Kiki Jiki. Uh, I guess if you're running Sahili Ray, it doesn't combo with that necessarily either. But just on, it, it, uh, if we're talking non-combo interactions, it's just the the angel all day long. Wait, what Sahili? Guardian? Fright? That's like, wasn't that like the combo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Felidar does, yeah. but that's but, the only uh, that's the only different or the only angel does not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this angel, yeah, just copies another dude. Yeah, dudes, right, right, right. It does dudes, and by dudes I mean people. Yeah, humans, creatures, not, not actual humans because there's other creatures and humans. A- a- it, it, animals, blinks, blinks are animals. Yeah. Not, not angels, though. No. no. Which is so not, weird. <laughs> Non-angel animals. Dude, I am still annoyed that Halo Hunter could not kill Baneslayer Angel. Yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty right. big flavor fail. It's like but, White Knight and Black Knight. They're forever just going to pass each other. They can't mm-hmm. They have to. <laughs> so, you, so you realize Black Knight is the reason I didn't start playing Magic in 1992, right? Why is that? <laughs> so when I was a freshman in college, got him old. This was 92, 93. And I lived in the scholar's dorm. And in the scholar's dorm, I lived across the hall from some, let's say, stereotypical, the negative stereotype of gamers. Oh, boy. As you'll find in a scholar's dorm. You know, it's kind of the way it works. Um and I remember trying to, like, you know, have the college experience and have a good time or maybe, like, talk to a girl and they're hanging out. And then there would be arguments breaking out across the hallway about your white knight can't block my black knight. <laughs> like, angry arguments. And, and, and just – and these were the guys that were, you know, I would see them in the lobby playing magic or doing – and all I could think of was just, like – and, you know, it's not like I wasn't nerdy. Like, I always played video games and always kind of did nerdy stuff and, you know. But I was just like, the the experience I had with that crew and them yelling about magic made me avoid magic from about 92 till 97. But I always remember the argument about White Knight and Black Knight and how you're white and I can't block my Black Knight and how, yeah, they can, but, you know, he can't do anything. And then someone talking about like, uh, uh, 
<laughs> or like Wrath of God Can't Kill Black Knight. I remember hearing that one. Hmm. It's got protection from white. Yeah. That's why I don't own a bunch of moxes and lotuses and such. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Black Knight. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Me shaking my finger at it. <sighs> there's my there's my story. Yep. What do you guys think of Baral? I've liked Baral. Uh, he's fine. He's alright. I've lost this card and constructed at least ten times this week, and it makes me really mad. <laughs> in terms of cube, I think I mean if you support uh Storm, I think he's obviously pretty good. He's kind of there's an upside to uh Goblin Electromancer with the uh counter aspect of it, but he's mm-hmm. good. I think otherwise he's okay, but his ceiling is fairly high if you do support Storm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I, I, I do a spells matter thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, blue red. I don't do storm necessarily, but the blue red archetype is hey, cast lots of spells. And uh being able to reduce that. Also, he again, he side angle, he's both a human and a wizard. So he does hit two tribal types fairly strongly. Um I've had blue white like aggressive type human like tempo type human decks that he's worked pretty well in. Hmm. Um like, you know, starting off with Champion of the Parish into Baral, into Reflector Mage, into, you know, uh one mana remand, draw a card. Right. Things like that. Like one random remand, draw a card, draw a card, discard a card. Uh, oh, rock it, rock it down. So I've liked him. Uh, I, I'm sure he's not for everybody, but he's also fine. He blocks the two twos all day coming out of the red decks and also allows your spells to be cheaper. So I've enjoyed him. And blue doesn't have a whole lot of two mana creatures. So I kind of like that he scratches that itch a little bit as well. Yeah. I've, uh, I've also always, I've, you know, I do storm, but just spells matter in general. Like, you know, with your blue red, your young pyromancer, your delver, whatever, but gutter snipe, gutter snipe. Actually, I've got a good game day promo that that's really sweet. Anyway, nice. Um, the difference between electromancer and Baral is just. Brawl's better like all the way down the line in the decks that I want to play. Like it's easier to cast. It, uh, has the extra counter draw discard upside. The one three is almost always better than the two two in the decks that I'm putting this in. And like you said, the human wizard is generally more irrelevant you know, than the, the goblin wizard. Um, also, uh, if I have a rabble master, this guy doesn't have to attack. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A sense of recurring theme here. Yep. So, but yeah, it's, uh, if you want the spells matter deck, it's, it's definitely one of the better two drops, uh, to, to put in there to kind of get you going. Right. And again, if someone casts this on turn two and you have a bolt in your hand, are you really going to be like, what's the worst that could happen? I'm going to save this bolt for something better. Yeah, no, not not in that deck. You're like, kill it, kill it with fire right now. Right. I mean, are, it, it, I mean, really, if they're just like, if they do nothing on turn one, they're just like turn two Baral, and you have an opportunity, even if you have to untap and kill it on your turn, 
aren't you just going to be like, yeah, there's a reason this card's in this deck. We need to go ahead and kill this thing. And I feel like that's a, I kind of like that a little bit as a barometer of like, is this card good? Is it, does my opponent feel the need to remove it immediately if they can? A la Birds of Paradise or, you know, I hope he doesn't untap with this. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Another card I've really liked, and it's a little bit on the lower on the power end, or I guess power skills, disallow. You get your counter spell with a, a, an attached stifle. It's okay. Yeah. And, you know, and it depends, I think, what you're supporting. If you have, obviously, if it's being compared to like mana drain and force and stuff like that, sure, the, it's, it's not as good. But in terms of just a flexible spell, uh, it's a bit better than Void Slime. And. Oh yeah, easier to cast. Brawl. Yeah, it's alright. And, and it works well with Brawl. It has a colorless attached to it. <laughs> I feel like I liked the Scry 1 1 more when I tried it out. Uh, what is that called? The, uh, dissolve? Dissolve, yeah. yeah. Uh, I definitely like the dissolve. The, the deck, that, or the time this really shines more is, you know, when they get under you a little bit. Like say they land a Liliana, a Dux there on the play. You're like, ah, crap, you know, you don't have a really good way to deal with it. Well, then, then you just kind of keep it where you don't have to discard this. And eventually they're going to get, like, they might even get greedy and try to alter their own six. And you're just like, you know. No, sir. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> so it, it can have value even if they've already got their threat down, if it's a threat with, with a big ability it's like that. So, um, I, I do like the scribe more in general, but this, uh, you know, it, there's some cool stories that come out of this is which, you know, it's kind of why. I, I want a cube draft as the, the really bad beat stories or the top deck stories and whatnot. Yeah, there's, there's certainly a lot of avenues for this to be good. And, and there, it, there's, I think it's, it hits a lot more things than you realize. Like it's, there are times where certainly in game, just countering an ability for them to equip a sword might win you a game or disallowing in you know an activation of a planeswalker to do something, or even a fetch land. even turning a game. To kill a fetch land. Oh, stifle! <laughs> oh, I love thee. Yeah, especially if they've like crafted their whole turn around it and definitely aren't playing around this card, and then they like they do all these things and like they're going to do this, and they're like, oh nope, sorry. Yeah, it's pretty. I certainly can see a lot of scenarios where this card's a lot of fun. I could, I could see trying this out for sure. I have not done it, even though I have a really, uh, I have a sweet one. It's, uh, at our pre-release, there was a whole run of rares in our boxes that did not have the holograms. Nice. Oh, That's wow. cool. So I actually have a, a copy that has no hologram. Oddly enough, on the back, you can actually see a depression where the, probably the printer struck it, but because it didn't stick the hologram, because it didn't have a hologram loaded, it actually put a uh, elliptical shaped uh, depression into the card that you can see from the back mm-hmm. that aren't on regular ones because of you know whatever sort of sensor that's on it that detects when it makes contact, I guess, and releases and releases it. But would a judge disallow you from using that in a tournament? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it depends on how compliant you are. 
When did when did Jeremy get here? I didn't sign into Discord. This is great. But we have we have a lot of cards to go through. Let's see here. Sorry. Yeah, keep uh, moving, man. How about black? Yeah, we, like we all know about sets. Fatal Push. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I was kind of like okay on Fatal Push when I tried it out. It it felt like it. Like I don't know. I've really not been super huge on the one mana removals like that and Tragic Slip. Like this is and like uh, Disfigure. Like I think when I tried, it, I liked it better than Disfigure, but I wasn't really huge on it. I don't know. Only Usman can find a way to soapbox about Fatal Push. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is about as on brand as you're gonna get, folks. I mean, there's no living weapon or whatever. Oh, it can kill a creature with living weapon. There you go. Boom. So, yeah, I mean, I I, I don't think and I I don't think anyone would would argue that this is is an, a, a card that's not worthy for inclusion. Oh, you definitely play it. Like, there are there better black removal spells? Yes. Do they cost more than one? Yes. So. Definitely what other black cards have you guys liked from this set? I've liked Etherborn just as yeah, like a two mana thing. Yeah, for sure. If you support Black Aggro, Gifted Etherborn is pretty sweet. I remember there were a lot of comparisons between this and Nighthawk, and people saying Nighthawk is better because it has flying. Like I've liked this a lot more. Like I feel like Nighthawk has kind of shown its age. Because- well, yeah, well, Nighthawk also. It's almost like a Bellful Strix. It's just like a, a speed bump. Like you just put it down and they can't attack into you. Whereas mm-hmm. this is much more of an aggro card because, you know, it comes in a turn earlier and just is really just going to get in there. I feel like it plays the speed bump role pretty well, too. Like yeah, when, I, when yeah. I've been playing it. For sure. It's yeah. just like, well, at its worst, it. it still has. Yeah, exactly. At its worst, it still has Death Touch. Like they have to do something about it. Mm hmm. And think how much better that Vampire Matter section of the cube would have been that year if this would have been printed. That's right. Oh, That's yeah. right. <laughs> it was so weird, like, the Aetherborns, like, I feel like some of them are, like, rogues or something, like, Ironclad Revolutionary, Aetherborn Artificer. I don't know. It just felt so weird. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I've liked Aetherborn just as, like, a solid... Not even... Just in black aggro, just like in mid-range kind of ducks, like it's still fine there. I thought. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I like it. Yeah, it's good. It just like, dawned sight- on me that I've never seen a foil one of these. I think I got one pretty cheap. It looks nice. Yep. Huh. I think also glint sleeve siphoner uh, is pretty good. Like uh, black aggro for a while is kind of all over the place like obviously we saw them try to do the vampire matters in in terms of a tribal perspective and i think slowly we've gotten more black one and twos uh along with uh aetherborn but uh glint sleeve is pretty sweet especially if you can if you have an energy sub you know energy matters kind of cube you can get a lot of value out of it for sure Mm -hmm. yeah i'm curious to see what will happen when energy eventually back whether or not we'll get, um, whether we will see some of these cards that were previously like close to good enough for cube, if they will then become better or if cards that were previously like, you know, if, if what's the really obnoxious four drop one that got banned from standard? Marvel? Uh, Marvel. Marvel. If that becomes like a modern deck when energy comes back. 
Uh, maybe. Like, it feels like it would need to juice things a lot, and I don't think it probably would. At least yeah. that's my best guess. We, we've all said things like that before. That's true. And then we, and then things come back and we're like, oh, yeah. Like, no, Dredge is definitely dead now. Creeping chill. Great. <laughs> yeah. So much for that warship. <laughs> All right. Any other black cards? Any, uh, I do, I have enjoyed Yehenny's expertise. I, I kind of like that whole cycle. Like, they're not, uh, when they change the converted mana cost, you know, for the split cards, when they change that rule, they all got worse. But they're still really cool cards because you should get to play something for free and it's doing something that your deck probably already wants to do. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's no languish, but the free spell is just is where the value is at. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think game day promo or whatever it was, too. Mm-hmm. The the green one was the only one that I wasn't super huge on. Like I tried and I was like, this is just way too much mana. The yeah. this one was like it's fine. Like it's it's a decent small wrath. How about speaking of let's let's kind of draw a bridge <laughs> over to Carrie Zev's expertise to Carrie Zev herself in red. Yeah, she's a good one. <laughs> you get a legendary monkey. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I think every cube ever should probably be playing this card. It's right. really good. Card is super sweet. It uh one of my pet cards from a few years back that never really made it just because it just I don't know if it was just the mana cost was too much, but uh what was it? Uh, it was the uh fire speaker from Theros Block. You know, it came down and uh, it just wore a sword really well. The problem was it cost three mana and, you know, yada, yada, yada. This one is another one that's like the keyword on it between Menace and the First Strike. If you've got any kind of equipment in your deck, this card gets pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. Carries that wears pants really, really well. Mm-hmm. And you get a legendary monkey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so. I've never really had it with sacrifice shenanigans, but it never really mattered. I was like, okay, I'll just attack for three. Well, you're right. I mean, like, what if you have, like, uh, I mean, if this is kind of part of your sacrifice package of, like, uh, goblin bombardment or whatever, too, right? You're just like, attack, attack. Oh, by the way, monkey to the face. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... I, I, are there any other red cards that are super interesting to people? Uh, expertise is fine, but it's just one of those kind of weird cards. It's like, here's here's your red aggro creatures. Here's your red burn spells. Like that kind of thing is what kind of got me to not play Flame of Kel, even though it's a good card. It's just room. I think the only real card is really release the Gremlins, just because it makes a whole lot of artifact. It's a lot of artifact hate. That's mm-hmm. the floor is usually manic vandal and the ceiling is usually like hitting for two or three. Fair enough. Like it's not a quote unquote strict upgrade, but I've liked it as like cliche Usman trope for this episode. It's something nice to have in the toolbox. Like if you need more artifact hate, it's you know, it's nice. Yeah, you know what? That's probably one that I meant to get and kind of missed. I'm gonna have to double back for that one, I think. Yeah, Although I got a foil of it. I think, I think Manic Vandal is a human, but yeah. 
It's also not a May. <laughs> yeah. Well, neither is this. Yeah, you well, have yeah. to have a target, which is weird, but... Right, yeah. like, if you don't have multiple targets, you can't make multiple gremlins? Yeah, that's fine. So, green... Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure Drew has, uh, has some good memories of heroic intervention and, and EDH. Um, actually never cast that card. <laughs> that seems like a, 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 an EDH all-star, but I've been impressed with Rishkar a bit so far. Yeah, he's been pretty solid. Like, as a worst case, it's usually a 3-3 three, three, that is an elf. Right. And again, makes your other things bigger. As it turns out, there are lots of green cards that are elves. It plays into uh, Metallic Mimic a little bit. Um, can can reset your Kitchen Finks. Can reset Kitchen Finks. Can, you know, there I, there's a lot of good stuff. And, like, being able to go one drop, two drop, this guy, make my one and two larger is is not... It is not a, a, a bad line of play most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's, I don't know. I, it, it's just really solid. Um, and I kind of like, again, finding cards that serve multiple roles that this thing can be used as like a, a way to turn other creatures more useful by granting them the elf ability as well as granting them the ability to now attack through a 2-2. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I played with some in a legacy cube on on Moto, and it's it's definitely had some good uh, utility in that one, like you said. So it's it's one to consider if you haven't tried it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure if there's any other green cards that are super exciting to me. I tried Green Belt Rampager, and it's just whatever. Yeah. I just wasted too much time trying to get things going. I wanted to like Narnum Renegade, and while a one drop Death Touch is fine. It, it didn't do enough for me because the green aggro thing is just kind of bleh. Yeah. So. Oath of a Johnny, I think I tried it out and it was fine. Like a lot of these multicolor cards are just like, there's so much better stuff in their respective costs. Yeah, like the. I, I've heard good things about Hidden Stockpile. Yeah. Have not tried it yet, but heard good things. Mm hmm. Anybody try that one yet? Uh, not not for cube. I've uh, I've seen people go off with it and, and other things. It's it's that classic case of if only they had half mana cost that wasn't an unset because having to pay the mana to sacrifice the creature usually is too much. But if it was free, it would just be busted in half. So right, you know, it's <laughs> pretty good if you can build a deck like a you know just a sacrifice deck around it. Right, and just like another way to constantly gain value, right? Like a constant scry one, a constant, because it constantly replaces a creature, so you always have a body, uh, each, you know, each turn. So. Alright, mm-hmm. any, any, any other thoughts on Ether Revolt before we move up the alphabet? Not really. Alright. On then to Pseudo Egypt. And Amonkhet, which, shockingly enough, has lots of awesome red cards for Cube. That the, you know, the mono red deck was an awesome card, awesome deck in standard at the time. And as it turns out, all of those cards are awesome. A lot of those cards are awesome in Cube as well. But we'll get there. 
it's weird. I would, I didn't really actually make that connection between like the desert, you know, the Egypt theme and like the red cards. That's, that's a good connection. I didn't think of that. <laughs> like, uh, so, so let's, so we're in Amonkhet now. Um, I recently picked up again, uh, on a recommendation, Angel of Sanctions. I like this card a lot. Yeah, it's great. It <laughs> this card's great. It might be my favorite, one of my favorite white fives, if not my new favorite white five. Like, I remember playing it in Constructed in the, uh, oh, all right. I'm going to cheat here and look. The Monument deck. I played it out of the sideboard of the Monument deck. And, oh. um, I was just like, this card's awesome. Like, why, and for whatever reason, dumb dumb me never made the connection to play it in cube, to try it in cube. And it's been pretty great. I can lie. Yeah, that Sir Funch like I, I kind of like forgot about it for a while because I think I liked it. And then he was like, this is probably the best white five. And I'm like, interesting. And I was like, I tried it. I'm sorry, go ahead. I said, no, it's pretty good. Yeah. I was disagreeing. Should we, should we read what the card says? Cause I don't know I, if this is on a lot of radars. I guess it's a three white, white angel. It's a three, four flyer. It says when it enters the battlefield, you may exile target non land permanent and opponent controls until angel of sanction leaves the battlefield. And it also has embalm for five and a white, which is basically exile it from your graveyard and make a token. That's a copy of it. So you actually get two oblivion rings on your mm-hmm. three, four flyer. Yeah. I've really, it's, like, I feel like the Bane Slayers are starting to show their age a bit just from removal and the format getting more lean and efficient. I don't think they're bad. I just think they're, like, showing... They're not, like, absurd. Well, like they're, bottom. quote, boring, right? Like, Yeah, and I never really care about the whole, like, calling a card boring thing. Like, even then, I'm not sure. Like, it's so arbitrary, too. It's just, like... I no, Usman, it's a fact. Creatures that just attack and block are boring. Dang it. The memo. This is the internet. There is no such thing as varying opinions. It's That's boring. True. Fact. Yeah, it got to say hot takes or something. That Fact. Phrase, by the way, hot takes. Attack Ugh. through your dragon. Don't care. Protection from dragons. Protection from Halo Hunter. Suck it. <laughs> such a flavor <laughs> thing. Yeah, it was actually funny. The embalm came up. Um. I think someone recently, a couple weeks ago, in a black-white aggro deck, and I ultimated Liliana the Last Hope, and this was a zombie for it, <laughs> so it helped. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I think it... Your clock, yeah. Yeah, because I think, it, I, I when I ultimated it, I was like, oh, right. And I was like, what, four, whatever, I don't remember how much it was, but it was like, this ultimated, and then my opponent died. But yeah, I, I really liked this. It's Somewhat vulnerable, and like if it dies, like whatever, that's fine. But I've really liked Angel Sanctions; it's great. Let's uh, let's play a quick uh, white five mana name game and pick which one you would you would rather have. Um, no, a deck. So uh, the the one from the set before, which is Angel of Invention. Which one? That's the that's the uh, Flying Vigilance Lifelink Fabricate Two. So it comes. That out one's also one. great. Yeah, and it anthems your all your other creatures. So you can either make it a two one with um, two uh, servos that are two twos, or you can make it a four three that still anthems all your all your dudes. So yeah, that that's another one I got in late on. That's another fine one. Yeah, that's a good one. I forget that was in the last set. Somehow I well, what was in Kaladesh? 
Oh, well, that'll do it. <laughs> what is that? Mean, bro. Oh, how am I going to relate? <laughs> All right. So, uh, okay. What about Archangel Avacyn? Uh, Avacyn or Sanctions? I still like Sanctions. I'm pretty much going to say Sanctions for everything, so I'm, I'm probably going to be boring on this. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. okay. Uh, Karmic God. Yeah. I don't like Karmic Guide a whole lot. Yeah. No. But it can't be blocked by Black Knight for for multiple reasons. No. Right. <laughs> 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 wish that has flying. <laughs> but it can't block Black Knight. That's yeah. the more important thing. That's where the argument really is. Got uh, sure. yeah. him. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely, definitely can't be Karmic. Okay, what about Revel Arc? Completely different card. I don't know. I've been liking Revelark less nowadays. It's... Yep. I, I if I had more combo type things, I think I'd be more into Revelark. But just as a from a perspective of like, uh, n- wanting my creatures to not have to rely on other factors to be good. Yeah. Like, I am fine playing Angel of Sanctions as a five drop in a much wider variety of decks. I'm not playing Revel Arc in my, like, blue white control deck that has, you know, five creatures. True. Okay, last one. Lyra Dawnbringer. Yeah. Still. So, I like Lyra a lot because it also plays really well with Angel of Sanctions. True. And we're seeing a lot more angels recently. But still, it's still just a Baneslayer variant. Um, mm-hmm. The thing is with Lyra is much like with Baneslayer of their day, they are cards that can single-handedly turn games in, in your favor. I think even Usman and I had a, a a game where it's just like, I'm trying to think, did I have a Lyra in my deck? Uh... I, I feel like I had some stupid lifelink flyer that's just like, yep, I'm just going to kill you with this card. I think like, so. That sounds right. Yeah, so I I personally like, uh, you know, I could see being on par with having a Lyra instead of an an Angel, because an Angel's not going to necessarily win me the game where I've won. I In the past year, I've won just a ton of games because it's like, I have this 5-5 First Strike Lifelink Flyer, and you can't do anything about it, and you're just going to die to it. So, to be different, I will go with Lyra. That works. Um, How about a Cloud Goat Ranger? I would definitely play this over Cloud Goat. Yeah, it's a sad day when I cut Cloud Goat Ranger. It's a a good card, but it's just just not as good. What if I told you you had Anointed Procession in play? Well, in in that case, I'm going to get Angel Sanctions, because when I embalm it, I get two of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the other angel is Archangel of Thune, which is probably still below. I like that card, but I it's don't got know. combo, you know, shenanigans with with other cards, which is really cool. Uh and the art's sweet, but you know, most of the angel arts are, so I do like Archangel Avicen a lot too, I gotta admit. The the ones with flash just have that extra layer of right gameplay, mm-hmm. uh, but sometimes it like literally wraths your board, <laughs> so you're just like, oh, well that's not good. We don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do like that card a lot though. 
yeah, I'm, I don't know. They're they're all fine magic cards, and if I saw one in somebody's cube, I wouldn't be like, get this trash out of here. <laughs> be like, okay, yeah, good magic card, good card. Mm-hmm. Right, Usman, okay. you like cast out, don't you? Yeah, I mean it's solid. I'm, I don't think I'm playing it anymore though, but I mean it's still a fine card. It's, it has flash and it's an O ring. It's cycling. All fine points for it. I've, like, I'm I, pretty sure I've cycled it like the last five times I've had it in my hand. Yeah, that's legit. Yeah. Small I mean, right. Sounds, but it's still good. Like a yeah. double weaver. Yeah, I feel like I forget when I cut it. I feel like it's been a while since I've been playing it, but I mean, it's certainly not bad. But, you know, four mana, it's a bit clogged. And here's, here's the problem. Every time I look at it, all I can think of is, oh, cast out. <laughs> I don't know what's up with that bird. Is it an angel in the background? Kind of looks like it. Talk I don't know, it. but it looks like the, uh, what was the, uh, not the upright citizen. What is it? The upright? No, kids in the hall, maybe? With the, I'm crushing your head? She looks like yeah, she's trying to like crush its head. Yeah, I think Nobody it was kids home. in the hall. Nobody home. Yes. Definitely <laughs> kids in the hall. <laughs> I'm crushing your head. How about Gideon of the Trials? That's a really good one. Like, yeah. I, it, it might, I don't know if it, how, how it ranks in the, with the good Gideons, but this thing is so good. I have liked this card way more than I thought I would. Yeah. I think, I remember when I was trying it out in my cube, somebody didn't like it because it didn't, like, take over a game like the other Gideons do. But, like, Ally of Zendikar and Gideon Jurek can definitely, like, totally focus the game on them because it's like, oh, I'm spitting out tutus, or, uh, hey, everything has to attack me now, so... And, and this just... It's like a Maze of Ith split with a 4-4, but I mean, that's still good. That's still really good. Dude, it says you can't lose the game, and your yeah. opponents can't win the game. They certainly <laughs> cannot, no. <laughs> you can't win. Alright, Drew, I know I have a feeling what your answer is, but Zekiel will may have a different answer. Packfoil, SDCC Hieroglyph, or SDCC Therese Nielsen? Uh, I've got the pack full in my cube. I would snap trade it for Therese Nielsen right now. Okay, so hieroglyph or pack foil? Uh, pack full. Okay, Zakiel. I pack foil as well, actually. Okay, fair enough. I, I like the other ones are good, but I I like pack foil. Usman, I think I like hieroglyph more out of those. See, I've mm-hmm. got the uh, the Allies in the car, and uh, I think Last Hope, Liliana. I've got the the zombie ones from the SDCC, and I, yeah. I, I, I like those. For some reason I never got got really big on the hieroglyph one, but I, it looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. The uh, uh, my favorite part of the zombie Lily, the Last Hope, is her flashing West Side. West Side, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> West Side. So yeah, I, I am currently running the hieroglyph, even though I do have a Therese. Uh, I don't have my, my Therese set is kind of together and assembled while I was able to luckily get two of the hieroglyph sets. Um, I was able to order one and then trade for another one. So I am currently using hieroglyph since I, it was broken up loose. So, hmm. Okay. So which one do you, what's your, if you had to pick one, what would you pick? So I, 
I am okay. I like lots of things that other people don't like aesthetically. For example, I really like all of the invocations for the most part. Oh, uh, I love the fact that they don't look like magic cards because when you look at them, you go, Oh, what, what is this? Also, I don't read the text on cards that much. Like I read it when I first learn what cards do. And then after that, I just identify them by the picture. So the, you know, font being hard to read has zero impact on me. I, so, I can, I can get over the font being hard to read. Cause like you said, you can learn what the picture is and you're like, Oh, associate with that. The picture is so small. If the picture was like 30% bigger, it'd be amazing. Oh yeah. Like, no, they need like, to be bigger for sure. If yeah. it was just expedition size, but with the crazy font, it'd be fine. Like I've got an invocation mind twist that I've never cast because I just like the art's amazing, but you have to squint and look down to see any kind of detail at all. <laughs> so, uh, oh, invocations. Ugh. Oh, I love invocation days. Oh. No, I've got to play Matt with that art. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Oh, yeah. can't see nice it on the card. <laughs> but I personally, I think, go with I, – I think I will likely stick with uh, the hieroglyph version mm. because I'm also very amused by the fact that the nickel bolus has him scratching it into the walls yeah. on his own. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the nickel bolus looks pretty sweet in that one. And I also run the Chandra uh, hieroglyph version as well. Oh, okay. So – because I said for a couple of reasons. One, I, I really like it. I, I like the thought behind them. I like the kind of like story behind them, as well as the fact that most other people will probably have a different version. And so I kind of like having something a little little off center as well. So um the Therese ones are just stunning. Uh but for whatever reason, I kind of like the fact that the I don't need my cards to look like people I know. <laughs> I'm a little, a little off put. Like when I look at a card and I'm like, that looks like this person. Like, but I'm playing a can't, I don't, uh, but I love them. They're, they're, they are the, they are the objective, I think, subjective best artwork version. If I had to pick which art is the best, but I will likely stick with hieroglyph. There. Wait, one more question, slightly unrelated, going back to <laughs> artwork. What is everyone's favorite art of Force of Will? Is that, as I'm looking through these, I forgot that this is actually a copy of Force of Will that's in this. I mean, uh, I've got the play mat and a signed full of my favorite art, so I'm going to go with the Eternal, mat, the, the Eternal Masters one. So, Okay. I am of the belief that I really enjoy a lot of people will feel the opposite. I enjoy the presence of red in the artwork for a blue card. I like the fact that it's a red sort of thing that you take card disadvantage and have to get rid of cards and basically act crazy in order to counter a spell. Hmm. I don't like the fact that the Alliance's art does not come with a foil. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
It is a promo. So I am on the Judge promo because it has both a very large preponderance of red. The Eternal Masters one just has like a little sneak, little sneak of red. Mm-hmm. Um, while the, the, the other one has lots of red while also being shiny. So that is my favorite. If they made OG foil, I'm in 100%. Usman, do you have a preference? Uh, probably the judge foil, honestly. I like the I, alliance one. It's not, sorry, I go ahead. Bad mean to cut you off. I was going to say, I'm pr- kind of ambivalent, honestly, between them all. It's like, oh, here's this blue card that looks red. I mean, I get the reasoning why, but it's just like, none of them really stick out to me. I'm just like, oh, well, whatever. I don't know. I guess I'm kind of boring, but there's my answer. <laughs> I like the, uh, I don't know. I, I, to play, I think like as a four of, I really like the original, but I think if for a cube, I still don't have a, a foil force yet, but I think the, I'd go EMA, but they're all good. I think I really like all of them except for this invocation one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't even think about the invocation one. There's not yeah. a chance I would ever play that one in a million years. And how dumb I am is you asked about that, and I said, I wonder, that seems like a non sequitur. Why is he asking about four will? Because I've blocked the fact that there's an invocation one out of my memory. <laughs> ah, yeah. With it's, like Birdman on it. Yeah, it's, Harvey Birdman is not very good art. So. <laughs> not feeling it. Yeah, I, in my legacy decks, I have a signed Therese Nielsen Alliances set. Nice. But for my cube, we have the, the, the shiny, lots of red one. All right. How about going back to white cards? How about glory bound initiate? By the way, m- single handedly cruise heart of Kieran. Well, yeah. True. I, uh, I tried it out when it first, uh, came out. It's its release. Uh, Got lucky and traded for a full at, uh, the pre-release. And it was okay, but like I kept noticing it like wheel around. Like it, like, you know, cards that you want to try out do seem like. So, uh, yeah, I think if you can, uh, what's it called on the, it doesn't have the exert, yeah, exert, the exert trigger. If you got a way to get around that, like say you randomly have something that gives it vigilance, it's, it's so ridiculous. It's just, you know, in the game so fast, but I don't know. Even just a three-one for two, like I play a quarter paladin. I mean, it's no battle cry, but uh, having the life link uh, in a race can really swing the swing the the game. Also a human. Yeah, she's a human or he. I don't know. And uh, now with that, you have like a, a assault. What's the 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 Ajani minus one, OG Ajani minus one on an instant. What's that card called? Just was printed. Uh, if, uh, salt, uh, um, unbreakable formation. Unbreakable formation also curves very well into this. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So I dig it. I actually like it, you know, better than, than some of the other two drops. Uh, like I said, with combination of all that other stuff, again, solid, not, I'm not gonna bang the drum for that one necessarily, but, uh, I do think it's very solid, especially if you can get around the, uh, as you said, getting around the having to exert it and not having it untap. And white has a number of ways to do that, luckily. Mm-hmm. So, 
I, I kind of kind of had a similar arc to Drew where I tried it out and then just kind of liked it less and less. Like I'm currently not running it. And it's I don't know. It's it's a real cost. And for the aggro decks, like it the exerting doesn't tend to matter much. The only times it really tends to matter is if your opponent has a two two and it's like, I guess I need to push past this thing, so I'll exert it. But if you do, you just time walk it. And I was just like, uh I don't know. It felt like those kind of scenarios happened too much for me to like it. Like the lifelink matters in some matchups, but not so much in others. It felt like it was a little too much of a matchup dependent card for me. Hashtag soapbox. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Any any other white cards you guys have had good experiences with? Uh Oketra the True, maybe, or uh Forsake the Worldly. I just since I've I've got a bunch of mana rocks in my cube and uh, stuff like that, uh, having another way to answer it that you could main deck because of the cycling, uh, just, it was, it seemed to make some games that might be non-games into games. You know, it really does destroy, uh, exile a soul ring. Uh, if only. <laughs> or a worm coil. If only. If only. Uh, if only. Can't go, to, can't, can't live in the past. Can only go forward. And expound, shaking my fist at the heavens. <laughs> Stupid soaring. Ugh. Ugh. It might be a ring in the background-ish, but no. Oh, it's so I, just it's not soaring; it's mana crypt. But I think I set a record last night for oh. damage damage taken in one match to your own mana crypt. Wow! <laughs> How much was it? Thirty-two. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it has to be 33. It was 33. All right, because that'd be a multiple. I, of- well, I, I, I went to negative. Is the the thing? <laughs> so I quit counting. Uh, but yeah, because uh, I think one game I lost six straight flips. Wow. <laughs> and the, the the big problem is I uh, only got it because I had trinket mage, but I already had mox pearl in my hand. And I was like, well, I guess I'll go get this mana crypt. I don't really need the mana, but I had an Ugin in my deck, too. I was like, well, I want to be able to cast Ugin. Sure, let's do this. And I drew, like, five lands in a row and rolled odd, you know, <laughs> like, every turn. I'm like, okay. And he, he finally just uh, drew a chain lightning. It's like, chain lightning you? Okay, I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> oh. Did every time you roll an odd number, did he did he tell you to stop hitting yourself? Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. No, I think he was just shocked after about the third time. And I, it, like, it, more it, like it, you were. You were his die. Yeah, it was his die. I'm like, okay, let me get this other one. And I grabbed <laughs> a different one. And of course it went, it went, rolled a five. I'm like, ah, great. So, but yeah, that was, that had to be a record. I, I, I'm surprised I won the second game, but yeah, the first game I did the majority of the damage myself. And the third game I, I did upwards of 10 damage in that game as well. It was, wow. It was, it was wow. Worst uh, flips I've ever had in any game of Magic. That's impressive. Jeez. Dust yeah, Dawn. A lot way to go. Yeah. Dust Dawn. Dust Dawn. I remember trying it. it. Didn't really do much. Same thing with like True Heart Duelist. Like I remember trying it and it was like. I think the term is meh. Yeah, meh. it was a meh out of ten for that. For that, yeah. All right, so any blue cards you guys want to talk about? Uh, as we're told, I liked. 
like yeah, as just a value kind of card. Any other ones? You know, they're singleton copies of like hieroglyphic illumination crept into things like modern. Yeah, sensors not 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 horrible. You know, four spike ish. So, depends on how much cycling and stuff. Like, if you really want a cycling theme, this set a lot of like okay cards just kind of creep in for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about yeah. pull from tomorrow? Have you guys played much with pull from tomorrow? I liked it. Like it's it's a big draw spell, but I I don't know if a lot of cubes are really need a big draw spell, but I liked it when I played it. Like, it usually scaled pretty well. Like, I think it was like 3 and 2 blue is about where I wanted to start, and then after that it was just like, the ceiling is really nice. I uh, We had it in for a few drafts that year it came out, and I did have somebody go end of turn just X is 0, discard Gristlebrand. Oh! <laughs> uh, that, is a, uh, that is an option. Yeah. Nice! I like that. It's no breakthrough, but it's uh, it, it, it got, got, got Gristlebrand in the yard for him, so it, it kind of yeah. Quick, quick side story on the two the two of the blue cards we've mentioned. Again, my pre-release experience for this was interesting. That I have a pre-release foil of both As Foretold uh, and Pull from Tomorrow that have the date stamp upside down and on the opposite side of the card. Hmm. We need to talk to your printer's quality control. (laughs) So, literally, the sheet went in backwards. Weird. And uh, I should probably really get those up on the misprint Facebook group. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) For how much that I play them. Any other blues? Blues not super impressive. Like, both of you know, all the cards you guys mentioned, they're certainly okay. Yeah, center's Um, fine. Um... Yeah, it's fine. Like it's it's a like commit, like commit to memory's fine. So this is definitely uh, d- depending on the cube you're running and what you already have, it's got playables, but there's no all stars in blue for sure. Yeah. All right. So moving on to black, we all know that you should probably start with Dread Wanderer. Yeah. Black one drop, two power. Yep. And black it's one drop. A jackal because you got that jackal tribal with. Um, with, uh, what's that? The dog? Uh, yeah. Um, Chupacabra? No, no, the one that oh. I play over Fire Drinker Cider. You know, the... Uh, Pat! Jackal Pat! Jackal Pup, yes. Oh, right. <laughs> well, I was going to say the... In the name! I was going to say Earthshaker Kendra. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Earthshaker Kendra is pretty good with this. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you get your Metallic Mimic, and it's just... Right. Every, every time it comes back. Every time it comes back, it's Kendra. So, Thank you. Right. Yeah. I feel like... In terms of the good black one drops, I feel like this is probably like middle upper. Like the ability to bring it back is it's decently relevant. Like Bloodsoaked Champion is like by far the best. Like that is just absurdly pushed. And I think this is like close ish to like Gutter Bones ish. I think it's probably better than Gutter Bones, I'd say. Well, yeah, because Gutter Bones comes back to your hand, right? You have to recast yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say this is better. Yeah, it's a good, you know, it's an, <laughs> play it if you're black aggro. Like, I've, but I've liked it though. It's been. It's also just fine in like the uh, the sacrifice decks or whatever too. So, I honestly have no idea. So I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, anything that's coming back, it's a zombie, so it has that tribal interaction as well. So, yeah. 
Any yeah. any other ones before we get to the the bevy of treasures that is red? Uh, there's Liliana, which I think is Liliana's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, she's she's pretty good. Just the uh, reanim five mana reanimate with you know possibly some more play later because she only goes down to two. Um, I gotta say the the plus one on an empty board feels really good. Yeah. So. You know, I'm not sure. I think I had a blind spot for this card. I'm not sure I have this card. It's probably cheap. Now that I'm looking at it, though. I'm not sure if I have it or not. Hmm. Is that is that the one that's in the uh, in the hieroglyph the hieroglyph version? Okay, so I do have one. All right, I'm gonna have to see if I'm gonna have to get on that. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, she's she's decent value. Sometimes you wish that it was a May, but most of the time I found it didn't matter for the plus one. I was like, okay. Get some incidental value. Same thing with like Liliana's Mastery. Like when I tried it, like the zombie anthem was nice incidental value, but it was just mainly just making a couple three threes, which is fine. Not absurd, but fine. Like these filler black creatures that like throw one of your other creatures under the bus, like Plague Belcher and Amit, whatever. Amit, Baleful Amit? Yeah. It was like, like, it's like whatever. Like it's fine. Uh, never to return. Like fine. It's okay. Like it's a lot of mana to return to like get a dude, and like most of the time the the exiling a thing is just flavor text. But sometimes it matters. But most of the time it was just like kill a thing. Right. I've 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 fallen less. I, I don't know if I was ever in love with it. I've fallen less in like with it. Yeah. The fact that it's sorcery speed. Mm-hmm. As cliche as it may sound, its stock may go up with War of the Spark. Like, if we get suddenly, like, ten cubable Planeswalkers, like, it might be better in the grand scheme of things, but I don't know if it's going to be still enough, you know? Sure. But yeah. Shrug. Yeah. Red. Red it is. Yeah. I, Uncrop Crasher. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. That's a good card. That was one I remember seeing a lot of comparisons to Goblin Heel Cutter. Like, people saying it was worse, because, like, if you exert it, it doesn't untap. But I found out, and I kind of thought it when I saw the card in general, like, being able to just play to the 3-mana three 3-2 three, with haste in the matchups where the opponent doesn't have a creature is still great. It's just like, okay, just... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it's never three damage. It's like, because your opponent's crafting their game around setting up blocks, you know, obviously by the, by turn three, they realize they're probably not the beatdown. And like, say mm-hmm. you've got something with Menace, carries Ev, and then you play this, and like, say they had two creatures, you get rid of their big one, and it's like, they're like, well, I guess I'm blocking Ragavan, and uh, I'm going to die next turn, so it doesn't matter that it's exerted, because I won't yeah. have creatures to block with. So It's like it's the like, adage of like, how many cards do you have in your hand when you're dead? No, it doesn't matter. You're, you're just dead. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what else, like Combat Celebrant, I don't know. Like, I, I run the Kiki Jiki Splinter Twin combo, mm-hmm. and like, I tried Celebrant, and it was one of those things essentially where it was like, mainly those decks wanted it, and the, the aggro decks didn't really want it because it's so fragile as a 4 1. Yeah, one of the my favorite cards out of this set in, in red or just in general uh, that just everybody was real pumped about, but then kind of went away is Harsh Mentor. Like I've had pretty good games with that card. 
Yeah, um, I still like it. I think so. It's solid. Like, yeah, there's just a lot of incidental things that people don't think about. They're like, activate Stoneforge Mystic. I'm like, take two. Mm-hmm. They're like, equip my sword. I'm like, take two. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. It puts in damage in a lot of incremental places mm-hmm. where it gets it still gets a lot of value out of it, even not being able to attack. Yeah. I feel like if it does it once, it's fine. And if it's two, if you get the ability twice, it's just like it's more than paid for itself. Because that's all you really want to do is just deal damage to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice one, Loku idiot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. You take two. Even fetch lands, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's not a, you know. Maze of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, always comes back to fetch lands for Zekiel. Every time we talk about something, it's like, he's like, oh, and fetch lands. <laughs> he's, he's, he's been shadow doubted one too many times. Yep, it's true. So, yeah. <laughs> um, well, and I wonder, even with this card, like you said, if you get four damage off the ability, you don't even necessarily have to attack for this card to be good, which, like, in a red deck, attacking is obvious. Like, if you get to attack with it, I think it's, if it gets hit once, it's great. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm 100% there. Yeah. Activate your Gideon of the Trials. Get it? Take two, idiot. <laughs> nice. Nice timing issues, idiot. Yep. Glorybringer, I think, is great. It might be my favorite five, if not pretty close. All right, play the game. Play the game with Drew and Zakiel. Red Uh-oh. five you'd rather have over that one. Ready to go. Oh, I don't have any actual cards. I'd probably name something stupid like. I think I still default oh, no. Thunder Maw. But yeah, it's, yeah. Thunder Maw is my, my go-to. Um, okay, well, let's go with dragons. So Thunder Maw is, is my go-to. What about Storm Breath Dragon? Oh, this by far. Okay. Um, what about, okay, completely different, Zealous Conscripts? I still think this. Hmm. I still think I like this more. I, oh, I love Zealous Conscripts. Yeah, Conscripts is a great card. I love it, I love it, I love it. What about uh, the new dragon, Skargan Hellkite? Why kill their creature when you can take it? Yeah. <laughs> why Why attack their Planeswalker that has ultimate amount of counters on it when you can just take it and activate it yourself? Yeah. It's always an awful feeling, like when they cast Glorious! Those. Glorious! Like, oh, my own creature's attacking me. Cool. I guess I'm done. Stop hitting yourself. I think yep. this is second. Hit yourself. Yeah. I really like this. I, I obviously you can't compare it to Kiki. That's like not they don't do the same thing. But this and yeah. Thunder Maw as your five and or your five drop aggressive or it's, it's really good. What about the uh, Siege Gang? I like this more, but I'm I've fallen less in love with Siege Gang over time, so I'm not like the best source. But I agree. Maybe I agree if you read Metallic Mimic, <laughs> you would feel better about Siege Gang Commander. I, I sense a theme, but have, what if? What if but hear me out. Metallic movement on dragon. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> you have metallic mimic on dragon, and you cast Skargan Hellkite. That's like probably the best feeling I would guess. You're like metallic mimic dragon on turn two, and they're just like, okay, what, what is going on? <laughs> then turn three, you're like mirror entity. <laughs> Into my chameleon colossus. Right. Chameleon colossus on four. This is the weirdest Naya deck. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if I I hit five mana, you're in a (laughs) hole. That would be. 
That'd be something. <laughs> yeah, that's really all the red, the real playable red fives. I mean, there's like Urabrask and Goblin Dark yeah. Dwellers and stuff like that, but they, they say play, but yeah, those yeah. are probably the big four or five. And I, I do really like Glorybringer, which is weird because I don't have one. So. Hmm. What? Yep, don't have one. Would you like one? I have multiple foil copies. I would. I mean, I, I generally don't say no to foils, and especially when they <laughs> deal four damage when they they exert themselves. So. <laughs> yeah, like I have like game day foil, Russian pack foil, English pack foil, and like something else. So we can we can we can chit chat after the show, and I, I will be happy to uh, find a way to supply you with a glory bringer. Can, so you uh, may bring glory out. So uh, to, to, you may bring glory to your table. Well, that way, my metallic mimic looks better. So right, we'll, it, we'll work that out. Let's be honest; it's it's all about metallic mimic. You know what you can name with metallic mimic? Shapeshifter. God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. For Hazard the pervert. I mean fervent. Oh yeah, that's a segue. Yeah, I I feel like this card was kind of slept on, but. I mean, it's solid. The solid dude. Or god. Gods are dudes now, apparently. It's, uh, first. This card's really good. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think Hazard's a, a lady, which makes us even more awkward to say dude. It is. It is, in fact. I think if, if, we're, if we're looking at biology, it is, in fact. Yeah, I, like this I find myself discarding cards a lot with this card, and I'm okay with that because it's really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's just that... Uh, you know, red sometimes just kind of loses steam, doesn't have enough cards to do things. They draw too many lands, and you're like, well, i got to get that last four to six damage in. And you're just like, discard land, hit you. You know, mm-hmm. like they can't get rid of it unless they've got just that random exile effect that nobody ever has. So Yeah. It's like, what are you at? Six? Okay. <laughs> Deal with this now, or you're dead. That's a, she's a good one. She's a solid four. Excuse me. Uh, what do you think is Soul Scar Mage? I think I got some hype as like a kind of monastery swift spear without haste. I was like, I never really found the counter sting mattering that much, which is weird because it seems like it should. Yeah, I don't run it just because it it. The other text didn't matter that much. And yeah. even though I run like, you know, like some spells matters cards, the effect of that this has, I have found in cube doesn't matter as often as one might think, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't like it enough to cut other one drops for it. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, it was fine. It was like fine, I guess. Yeah, I think it was the yeah. same, right? It, there's like it, it's good, but I I just was never sold on that second half to like want to drop any of the the other cards. But it wasn't yeah. bad. But yeah, I mean, it well, it, it's it's like eighty percent of you know Swift Spear, but that twenty percent that it's not is just like pretty big. <laughs> so I don't know. All right. Um, so I've actually liked insult to injury, and I recently recut it again. But I've won multiple games with this card. Mm-hmm. Like 
double damage for a turn and things can't be prevented is a little absurd. Yeah, it feels like this card was really underrated when it... I've really liked it. I don't think I'm running it now, but it's definitely good. I I like it, but I'm just not running it right now. Yeah. And that's, like, one of the awkward things, too, is, like, if you don't, like, some people can look at a list and assume, like, hey, no love for this card. It's like... a, A cube isn't simply, I think these cards are good and everything else is bad. And if you're approaching cube that way, then... You're doing it quite wrong, but I think long time. <laughs> yeah, but I really like this thing. It was it definitely like t- does a whole lot of damage out of nowhere. But it's it's another one of those things where it's like it's a burn spell. Good luck finding room. <laughs> mm. But yeah, and like you know, there were literally situations too where it would be late game. There would be somewhat board parity. I draw it and have six mana in play. And it's like, both halves, kill your blocker because it takes four. You also take four, and now I get to get a guy through on the attack and kill you. Because everything does double. So, mm-hmm. that's definitely happened too, which I like a little bit, that the card is, has some front-end play and back-end play. So the, the protection's kind of useful too sometimes, like with protection... It, it yep. doesn't happen often, but when it does, it feels really nice. They're like oh, yeah. hiding behind something. It's like, oh, can't deal with this. It's like, oh, oh, playing the burn deck and skull cracking people's core firewalkers is the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right, you can gain a life. And inevitably, like, you do combat and they're like, okay. And you put your guys in your, your guy in the graveyard and they just sit there and you point at their firewalker. Like, that one too. Huh? Yeah, that one too. What? Damage can't be prevented. Good. Oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. 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 Welcome to magic. Just be happy damage doesn't go on the stack anymore, noob. Oh, jeez. Good old damage <laughs> on the stack. I'm glad that's gone. It's so awkward. Get you. Yup. A- any other any other redsies before we move on to the... uh. Mostly lackluster green. Nothing so really. Where I, uh, where I mentioned the not quite as good cycling version of a card in Sweltering Suns, and that's about it. Yeah, it's not bad. Yep. The, not exiling is, uh, is not as good as uh, Anger of the Gods, but it cycles, so yay. Yep, cer- certainly not embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It helps in those matchups where you don't care. Like, I'm facing the control deck, and they don't have anything that would really die to Anger. I'll cycle. Right. Free card, let's go. Next. Mm-hmm. Jungle yep. Weaver, let's go. Yeah, it could be a Jungle Weaver. Could be a Jungle Weaver. Uh, yep. uh, there's so, one card in green that uh, it's pretty, pretty, pretty my good. My favorite card yeah. in the entire set, actually. <laughs> Does it qualify if I name God as my Metallic Mimic? No. no. Oh, because that's the card I really have liked. Yeah, I've, really, I've gotten... To like that card too, but I mean, I like the other one that that inevitably going to be named as well. I'm definitely going to give it to Zakiel because this is his card. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's my favorite card in the set. Um, Manglehorn, three mana, two two, enters the battlefield. You may destroy target artifact. Oh, that's artifact. right. I forgot that card was in the set. Mm-hmm. Yep. Artifacts your opponent's control enter the battlefield. Tap. Oh yeah, this card's great. 
it's really, really good. It scales amazingly to whatever environment you're playing. If you're playing in a higher power level, uh, powered cube with a bunch of artifacts, it's amazing there. It's amazing in any deck that, I mean, anything, <laughs> any kind of artifact and at its worst, right? You just play it and you can, it's a two mana for, or three mana two, two, which is like fine, but I don't know. I love this card. This is like, when we had you on our last cast, uh, Usman, you used the term innocuous to describe Reclamation Sage, and I think that mm-hmm. very well describes what this card does, because you don't realize how annoying it is if you your opponent follows up with a Thran Dynamo, and they're like, well, this isn't what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, like, looking at it, it's like, oh. It, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this card, this, uh, I would dare say this kind of falls in the auto-include category. Like, you just want cards like this in your cube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a very much a, if like there's a, a base level of cards that almost every needs. This makes cut. Oh, yeah, I'd say so. But I also really like Ronas. I have come to really like that card. It is, it can be oppressive quickly because of how his ability turns himself on. Mm-hmm. And trample and plus two is no joke. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I think I liked it when it came out, and I think I cut it. And then when I talked to that Sir Funchalot guy, I put it back in as kind of like a aggressive kind of thing. Because like green by itself doesn't give much to aggro. It's like you know, just like you know, green aggro. What does it do? Like, and I still don't know if I would really like green mainly as an aggro color, you know, just like base green aggro, but like this card does a whole lot. Like there was a deck I drafted recently that had this and let's see if I can find the deck list somewhere, but it was like had Ronus on the splash. It was mostly mono green splashing Ronus. It was like, all right, kill you. Wait, wait, Ta- wait. Was, did you say mono green splashing Ronus? No, oh, no, sorry. Mono red splashing Ronus. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little. The God, see if I can God splash. I only have to a sprinkle of immortals into my uh, into my decks. Oh yeah. So the de- it was actually when it was about two months ago. It was mono red splashing green for. And this is a little strange. Dried militant because I needed creatures. Sylvan library scavenging ooze. Ronus bloodbraid and the new Domri. And the rest was just like you know, red beats and kill your opponent, and it was absurd. Like, that deck was just gross. It was like, play Ronus, attack you for four with my Zergo. Oh, it has Trample. Oh, I'm sorry, I attack with everything, so you take nine, and it, yeah, it was just great. I thought, I really have liked this card more. Which is weird, because it kind of fell off for a lot of people, but I've liked it. Yeah, I'm a fan. I like when green gets to, you know, for the color that's the professed, you know, identified as the creature color. It's, you know, it's nice to have something a little on the lower end and not just be this generates green mana or this thing is enormous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of having some in the middle. Now, with the advent of, and I think I mentioned this, I, I'm upset but I don't know if I mentioned this specifically, is that uh, with the advent of a lot of these expensive enchantments that we're getting now, 
that are just like really good to have in play. But like, man, I just don't want to cast seven mana for that. Um, I think if I were to put my uh, old lady package from uh, uh, what's her name? Like, why am I so bad at remembering what Academy cards? Name? Academy Rector. Rector. Yes. Oh, okay. I, I think if I put Academy Rector back in along with some of these Ravnica enchantments, like Captive Audience or whatever, I think I would consider Sandworm Convergence as well. Oh yeah. Because that's another card that I would just want to put in that I don't ever want to pay eight mana for, but I am just fine paying four mana for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of a you know because this card is eight mana to get a good story from it, you kind of have to go to EDH. But uh, somebody played um, Show and Tell in the EDH oh. game, and of course <laughs> three people put huge flyers into play, and the other person goes. Sandworm Convergence. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then, like, all the death stares go to the guy that cast uh, Show and Tell, because, of course, he had, uh, God, what was it? I guess it was Consecrated Sphinx. So they were still getting value, but it was just like everybody was just, like, really mad at that guy. Oh, Consecrated Sphinx is so gross in multiplayer. Yeah, it dies really fast. Unless somebody copies it, and then it just gets... Really ridiculous. I feel like I want to read an article of here are the cards that you cast that immediately get you dead in multiplayer. I would do that. You've you've already mentioned two of them today. Like, let me play this card and immediately become the target. I think the poster child for those cards is doubling season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or Trinisphere. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, the, actually, the worst thing is Armageddon, because then you can't kill them, because you can't do anything, and everybody's sitting there <laughs> looking at each other for an hour. So. Wow. Does anybody try to play, like, Nether Void in EDH? Uh, I've seen it cast once, maybe. Just so a troll everybody has, else? Well, just because nobody has the card, but yeah, it was definitely a trolley deck. So... <laughs> How about a uh, multicolor card? Any anything in multicolor you guys have had good experiences with? Um, I've liked Nissa Steward of Elements quite a bit. Yeah, Nissa's not bad. She's she's a decent Simic card. The, I tried. What was it? The um, the Enigma Drake. Yeah, I was really trying to make the you know spells matters. Is it? thing go and it's just it's not near as good as the crackling drake that's out now <laughs> so, right mm-hmm. but, uh, and it just counts great guard they this one was just below the power level that it probably needs to be of course it's a lot easier to cast now that's, that's a given but still not a ton of um multicolor in the set besides the, the nissa yeah like samut i remember looking at being like oh this has so many words on it and so many things, and it's so mediocre. Yeah. If it costs four, I think it'd be great. Oh, even if it's yeah. even if it's just like a, a three three at that point, lose the toughness or, or two four or something. You know, it's got double strike. What does it matter, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, if it's a four mana two four, I think this becomes like really playable. Yeah. So, yeah it's a little bit more tweaking on that one would have been good for for any format. Cause I don't think I've ever seen this played more than in draft. Nope. No. I think she's, like, the white ability is mainly flavor text. Like, she's pretty much a red-green card. Right, but. and the white the white ability is only 
you know, when you look at the card and you're like, why does this have flash and haste? And it's because of the white ability. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the, <laughs> like flash and haste aren't the greatest together. Yeah. There's a, was that one worm? It was like one green, one red green for three, one flash haste. It was an invasion block. It was an, Plane chase? It's like Raging Worm or something? Oh, uh... There's a, a Kavu that was 3-1 haste. Raging Kavu, but I don't think... Yeah, Raging that. Kavu. That's a... Yeah, I thought it was a worm. It kind of looks like a worm. But yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's Raging Kavu. Yep. Oh my god, I remembered the name of a card. I'm so, you guys you should mark this occasion. There we go. I remember the name of a card <laughs> that... Achievement... <laughs> Was somewhat obscure because I couldn't remember freaking Academy Rector for three. <laughs> you know. Oh, that's right. That's why I didn't remember that Raging Kabu because it actually doesn't say Flash. I'm pretty yeah. sure it says something like, you may play it anytime you may play an instant. Yep, that's what it says. <laughs> what do you uh, think to uh, commit to memory? Or commit memory? Eh. Which, is, which is that one? The blue uh, counter spell uh, that also is the draw. Uh, you get to uh, to draw seven. Yeah. Oh, oh! I played yeah, it. Bad. I played it in in standard a little bit, but never really considered it for cube, honestly. But the fact uh, that you get to put a permanent, you get to you know tuck one of their permanents is again probably pretty versatile. Hmm. Yeah, it was like duct tape essentially. When I tried it, it was it was duct tape. <laughs> the duct tape, <laughs> the old duct tape trope. Yep, <laughs> that's what it is. Cut uh, ribbons, I think, was okay. I guess when I tried it, it's it's fine. So again. Tried it for a while, was like, okay, yeah, this is fine. It's kind of interesting. You know, I get to do this afterwards. And then, like, a bunch of other black-red cards would get printed, and I'm just like, okay, and now we're going to move on. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is gone. Like, if this card was hanging on going into Ravnica Allegiance, like, it should just be done now. <laughs> Yeah, it, it went off the cliff. It was like, <laughs> it's like three or four other black-red cards that are likely better. Oh, for sure. Okay, but, yeah. but hear me out. The head, the worthy, then you put Metallic Mimic on Minotaur. Yeah. Ooh. And then yeah. it's got Metallic Mimic has First Strike and can turn into a 4-2. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, I really, really have nothing. Card, yeah. I got nothing on this. But, uh, <laughs> it's weird. I remember like these random cards, but I totally never remembered Neheb. And I looked down, like this, this totally went by me. But, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, there's a quite a few more Minotaurs they have to print before this and Didgeridoo gets in my cube. Yeah. Right. So anyway, even if they have Denim Walk. <laughs> Jeez, denim walk around the head. Have you guys have you guys tried any of the monuments with any success? I've heard I've heard stories of green monument sticking in some people's cubes. White monument was obviously awesome and constructed, but 
I've heard some Ronas Monument good times. I've liked the white one out of the ones that I've tried out. I think it's decent. Yeah, it was one of those things, yeah, Ketras, where I tried it out and it kind of went out because of just space constraints, but it was pretty decent. I think it was one time I had it, you know, like a weird, like aggressive mid range deck, and it helped me power out a Sun Titan, which was cool. But yeah, it was mainly just like space constraints, but it's still, it was still a fine card, though. Have any of you tried Throne of the God Pharaoh? This is always a card I kind of want to try and just never wind up doing it. Yeah, it's great. That card's great. I've completely forgot about this card. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, two minutes. <laughs> yeah, Throne of the God Pharaoh is always one of those cards I keep to add because I, I, I talk to people and it's like, yeah, this card's really good. Like, this card's, again, sneaky good. And then just I, I wind up not getting one or I forget about it. Hopefully today will be the, the last straw of me remembering to pick one up. There we go. Yeah, I think it actually was, uh, what was it, Wednesday? I actually had it in a draft. Like with a bunch of, I had that, I think Throne, Copter, and like an aggro deck. And I was like, all right, attack you with my Copter. You take three. Okay, tap my three dudes to cro- to crew this again, again, again. Play play Throne. And then, wait, what do you add? Uh, Next turn, you're dead. <laughs> the old famous, what are you at? Ah, crap. Yep. Yeah, I've real. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like, I was just saying, Oketra's Monument's kind of one of those weird cards that, like, it's good, but it can fall on the wayside because of slots. But I've really liked Throne just as a generic aggro support card. Like, it's bad if you have an empty board state, like with no creatures. But I mean. Doesn't that apply to a lot of things? Like, it's just really reductive reasoning. <laughs> hey, guys, if you're yeah, playing an aggressive deck with creatures and you have an empty board, this is not very good. Yeah. Or your entire game is not very good because you have say, a deck and you don't have anything at play. Yeah, I was about to say, your game just went bad and something something bad happened. But yeah, I've really liked it. It's, it's really nice in those kind of aggressive decks. It's, it's obviously not like Sulfuric Vortex or something, but it adds up a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's worth a shot. The, uh, the land cycle is also... Yeah, the cycle duels. Yeah, especially as a great alternative alternative for people who are building cubes where you don't want to obviously buy original dual lands. Um, these have both uh, base or land types in them, and I think they're pretty efficient being cyclers. So yeah, it's a great option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% on board. Don't currently run them, but have certainly considered them. That's for sure. And they're just kind of good cards to have in Magic, I think. I can't imagine these cards not seeing casual play. I can't imagine these cards not seeing... uh, Like, even though EDH is casual, but just like, you know, like, hey... like. These make both colors, and if you don't need a land, it's a jungle weaver. Like, and they count as land types for all of your buddy lands and all. So, yep, pretty great. Mm. All right, prepare to be devastated by there not being that many cards in Hour of Devastation. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there's there's your awkward transition of the day. So I remember when we when we reviewed this set being like, oh, this card might be really good, or this card looks like it has some potential. 
And as I look through them now, I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. Uh, nope. Like in white, I see one card that I care about. I actually don't. I'm looking. I don't see a white card that I care about. It's a cat. <laughs> oh, fair. White counter? And even then, it's fine. Like, it's not absurd. It's like, it's okay. Yeah. It is a cat. It is. It's definitely a cat wearing a weird spiked collar. Yeah, I think I remember it being like I. I think I said it was like decent to pretty good as like a filler, and that's pretty much where I stand now. It's filler. That's the job. Yeah, at least when it comes back, it's a five-five double strike. If you have a mimic, and that's true. You can name cat or zombie. Mimic and um, annoying procession. You get two five-fives. Oh, oh, now now we're on to something. Yep. Okay, so. Blue, blue, <laughs> yeah. champion of wits. It's kind of like wits. Kind of like champion. It's fine. It was fine. Yeah, I, I was uh, big supreme will. Supreme yeah. will is the one I like the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, it's decently flexible. I find myself using the second mode more than the first, but the first is nice and in a and in a. Um, for those who don't know, Supreme Will, two and a blue, instant, choose one, mana leak something, they have to pay three, or it's countered, or look at the top four cards, put one of them in your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. I like this card in the Spells Matters decks, and it's also a fine control card, because you get to either dig for answers or counter a spell if you need to. It's just solid. It's I wish it cost two and a half mana <laughs> instead of three, but you yeah. know, two it's busto, three it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I've liked it. I think I've liked it more than any of the other blue cards. I tried Nimble Obstructionist for a while as well. It was okay. It's just okay. It, yeah. It should totally be if, when you cycle or it enters the battlefield. Yeah. Right. That's I, the thing. Uh, or maybe, but the cast cost should be like four instead of three. Uh-huh. So it just it just doesn't never lines up well what it's be like. Most of it's just get in there with a three one, and that's all this thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Which honestly, three one flying flash for three, n- not the worst. <laughs> but but it, it just doesn't go in the decks that I'm you know building right usually. So right. That's and ultimately that's why it wound up not being in my deck anymore, my yeah. cube anymore. Black. I like Bantu's Last Reckoning a bit. Uh, I was okay on on it on Bantu's Last Reckoning. It goes in and out for me. Yeah, but I dig it. Three mana destroy all creatures. Very powerful. Hmm. Yeah. This just lands right. Yeah, yes. you could look like every time you cast Toxic Deluge. And, uh, you know, provided we're not talking about indestructible Eldrazi that you have to minus one, minus one off the board. But every time you cast Toxic Deluge, how many times you actually cast like a, you know, something big on the next turn or if you just go lay and go. So then it's pretty much the same without the life payment. 
Uh, I'm not sure. Not as good. Don't get me wrong, but it's like if you said, if you had this in your cube, I wouldn't look at you sideways. Yeah. And it's not like it doesn't see, you know, if you're if you like to kind of associate like how many legs it have. It's it still rears its head from time to time in constructed formats as well. As just a cheap answer to things. And you know, nobody, nobody expects the three mana board white. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like the Spanish Inquisition. Yep. Yeah. I really wanted to like Dream Stealer, but it was it was just too low impact when I tried it. Same with Doomfall, just too low impact. Right. Oh, there's nothing in this set. Razaketh is like a really awkward reanimator payoff. I'm sure that card's great in EDH. Yeah, oh, it's in my uh, demon deck, so the uh, nice. Shadowborn Apostles. Yeah, getting the Vamp Tutor for every one of those is pretty good. Torment of Hailfire is a really fun card. That is the yeah. best, man, I think. But, like, if you're not playing it, I'm not going to be like, I don't understand why you're not playing this card. It's just, it's fine. It's kind of fun. It's a mana sink for an X spell. Mm-hmm. It, there, there are certainly situations where this card can be really a, pre- you can put people in a position where the game is, even if they're able to n- not die on the spot, that it, you can put people in an unwinnable position. By casting this card, the uh, you know the Punisher cards are traditionally bad, but and this one isn't great at earlier turns. But with enough mana, it doesn't matter what they choose because you're either going to wreck their board, their hand, or you're just going to kill them. Right. Yeah. It just it just needs mana. I'd say you have to cast it at least X four to really bother. Mm -hmm. So like it's it's no I mean it's no mind twist, but if I got to ramp out and cast this. Like for five or six, I'd be pretty happy. So, yeah, cards, cards. Like I said, I think pretty fun. Not, uh, not needed by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's it's punishing enough to to do a good job. You just can't honestly cast it for one or two because then it doesn't do enough. No. Yeah, then it's like I, who cares? <laughs> Sack my token, discard this land. I don't need. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then probably the most played card out of this set is in red. A braid. Oh yeah, a braid. So good. A braid is amazing. Yeah, it's like the red disenchant with a much better mode B and killing an enchantment. And the, and the thing was, when I first saw it, I was like, "But it doesn't go to the face." And I'm like, "But it does what I want it to do." Like most of the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, card is awesome. It's a, another like as close to an auto include as I think you can get. Yeah. Uh, you know, good enough that again, you know, not that it's a direct correlation, but does appear in older formats, older constructed formats. You still see a braid appear. Oh yeah. So mm-hmm. scales very uh, environment for sure. It's, it's an indication that it's got some power to it. Uh, also, to to kind of combine with the the red talk, you guys mentioned it, uh, Earthshaker Kenra, another one of those just great red aggro cards that make life uncomfortable for your opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they don't want to kill it. And it's like the blocking thing is almost always relevant whenever I've seen it played. And then 
like they can't really kill it because it's like, well, if I kill it, it's just going to come back. Right. They they can kill it and then, you know, not have to worry about it three, four turns or whatever, but Mm -hmm. like sometimes there's like, I've had to kill it or see people have to kill it with the gamble that maybe my opponent can't get to six. Like that's their game plan. And they can always forget about it. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's the best one. (laughs) It's just like, Talk to them about cats or something and make them forget about the fact that they have this in their graveyard. I've had somebody scoop with a firebolt in their graveyard when I was at two before. It was great. Wow. Yep. Yeah, they they get to six or seven mana, and you're like, okay. I, and they and then they start like thinking, and then they start reaching for their graveyard, and you're like, oh no, must think of a distraction. Hey, is that Elvis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That might have worked in Memphis, come think of it. See that? <laughs> yeah. I think it's Elvis. <laughs> Just to try to say. So there is a, uh, I believe a fame, I think it was Firebolt. Wasn't it Gary Wise at a Pro Tour or a Grand Prix towards the end of the tournament? Uh, I think Cat, I want to say maybe flashed back a Firebolt to kill an opponent's creature when his opponent was actually at two. Oh. Oh, no. I believe it's a. I, I want to say it was Gary, uh, and it was a firebolt. I, I really hope so. I don't trust my brain sometimes. This is what happens when you get old. Wow, that's funny. There was something where he had a bo- or he had a burn spell and just like didn't kill his opponent I, with uh, it. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll have to do some research and see if I can remember what that was, but. I'm- What's the ball lightning? Yeah, somebody had a ball lightning in hand and the lightning bolt. And how it worked out was their opponent had a X2. And if they'd have went to the face with the bolt and just attacked with the ball lightning, it would have killed them for exactly. But he put the bolt at the creature. So they did the, they just messed up on the math. And it was just, oh, oh, no. he just died. <laughs> it was like, okay. Well, that was, and it was like the, the winning end, I think, I mean, the P, back in the PTQ. Oh. <laughs> The, the grown portion of the podcast brought to you by. Wow, that's awful. That's rough. You think a firebrand archer? It's like a it's like a filler red creature, I guess. I uh, I definitely would like it's in your popper cube, right? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely like it in that, just because in the spells matter deck, it just adds the damage adds up pretty fast, and the floor of it is a two one for two. So. 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah, once you start scaling up to the big leagues, it gets a little harder. Right. Power of Devastation. It's just, so, I wish you could choose. Like, like it deals five to each creature and each non-bullist walker, but usually those big red ducks break parity with their own walkers, so it's weird. I don't know. I never really liked that card. I wanted to like it, but it's just not great. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Is there much in green? I don't. There's one card in green that I that I really would care about, and that's it. Wow, this set. Do you, do you like Crystal so, Worlds? Would you like it as a Naga cleric? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not Naga cleric. Uh, Naga 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 Naga. Naga. Uh, no, that card's great. Yeah. I think I like it better than Crucible, but I don't know. Maybe. It, it can attack. It can also die. It. 
you know, it's just one of those things like in singleton format, sometimes you just need spells that are really close in different forms just so you get where your deck can work. Mm-hmm. Like I, I hate like drawing that really sweet or drafting the really sweet card, like second pick or something. You're like, this is great. And you never see it in like three matches. It's like, it might as well not have been in my deck. But if you have like two ish copies of it, you're probably going to see at least one of them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, this one, um, and I, I, I may have, uh, Strip my locked people out of the game with this card before. And it's I had fun. They didn't yeah. like it so much. But Naga, Naga, not gonna miss your land drops anymore. Our <laughs> promise is uh oh, I, it's a constructed I, I could, card. I I could see it, you know, being fine because you can get any two lands, but it costs five mana. It costs five mana. But and you know the the end is flavor text when you're talking about cube until yeah. we go back and get more deserts I guess or unless you like house rule it so that all of your basics are deserts or something but that's a really weird house rule oh you could play like fire fire and ice and like half the half the format everybody's is desert and half the format everybody is snow covered That'd be interesting. This is like in grade school and like half the team was like skins, half was shirts or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shirts and skins. Uh-huh. <laughs> I would not want to play that at a magic tournament, by the way. Yeah, that would not be so good. I not want to do that one. It's mainly talking about myself at this point in time. Because I don't need to, you know, look like Burt Kreischer on stage. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, okay, we've come to a, a second Amonkhet block card that I don't own that I probably should. Okay. Scarab God. Yeah, yeah Scarab God. Oh, yeah, that's a good I do not own a Scarab God because the whole time it was in standard, it was ridiculously high. And I don't think it's dropped enough yet because I think EDH is propping it up now. For the full, so but yeah, I definitely like it. But I just added hostage taker, and I, I you know, my Demir section is pretty fat. So yeah, uh, it's yeah. Really tough. I also am in the same boat as you. I do not own a foil scarab god because it was always too expensive. Oh. And then hostage taker went and came out, and the other stuff has come out, and I'm just like, I really should circle back for this card. So foils are only about twenty, twenty one. To 23 right now for pack foil. But, hmm. uh, so I really should get it, but it's just like, Hostage Taker is awesome. Don't, and nothing away from Hostage Taker, spoiler alert for, uh, for later. But, uh, I, I, I really should get this card and I just don't own one and I'm tired of trying to come up with excuses why I don't have it. Same. Hmm. Yeah. Even though, like, Thief of Sanity is also excellent too. There, there are certainly ways to replace it. The, the abilities on this card are just, you kind of forget how good this card is until you have to play against it. And then you, you, you're losing three life and oh, they scribe three and you're like, wait, what? Like, oh, the game's over. Okay, good. Right. And, and every creature just becomes like their creature when they die. And oh yeah, also kind of hard to kill. Yeah, it's not indestructible, but you know. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's like the poster child for why every cube should probably run Song of the Dryads. 
because like otherwise some decks really can't beat this card. Right. It's a tree. Congratulations, you have a tree. Oh boy. Yeah. Could chaos warp it. This is true. Could become a jungle weaver. (laughs) It's a jungle weaver. (laughs) That's the nice part about chaos warp. Sometimes it's just a spell and they don't get anything. Oh right, yeah. That's true. But sometimes you uh you hit their uh jung you hit their uh scarab god and they flip a nickel bolus god pharaoh. Hmm. Nice segue. That's a good So so what what's the verdict? Did we like this nickel bolus or the OG nickel bolus? Nickel bolus? I mean, uh, the way I probably I like the flip one most and this second. Mm-hmm. But I still think this is good. Like when I was, I remember when I played it, it was pretty much almost always got some kind of value, which you, which is to be expected for a tricolor seven mana card. But it almost always did something. It was just like, oh okay, uh, what do you? I'll plus plus one or you know plus two, and then just spin the wheel, get anything. It's just like oh get a get a lightning bolt. Okay, cool. Hit your, hit you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, how many cards in your hand? Two. Okay, uh, cool. Let's get rid of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're, those... so you go the Ravager, God Pharaoh, and then Nicobos Planeswalker. Yeah. The... Yeah. Okay. I haven't got to play the Ravager outside of Magic Online. So, but it's, you know, I, I do like the God Pharaoh. I've, I've, you know, like you said, the four abilities just it does so much. Yeah. And the, the ultimate's actually pretty reachable. Because if you plus it to it right off the bat, it goes to nine. And depending on what you hit, they may not compressure it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it might defend itself too. Like, mm-hmm. and like the minus four usually knocks out whatever it targets. Like if you have to do it, like target this, kill that, and then you have to deal with it. Like sometimes I feel like planeswalkers get overrated in cube because people assume like you have to attack it. Otherwise, it'll take over the game when that may not necessarily occur. This one usually does. Like, if you attack, if this happens and it resolves, unless they're at a super low life total, this pro- this usually has to die, what I found out. It's like, they usually are going to either draw a bunch of free cards or, like, usually win. Yeah. I like this. There's planeswalkers you can ignore. This is not one. Yeah. No. <laughs> you like, I'll, I'll just I'll just attack you for for five. Really? Right. Are you planning on killing me next turn? Basically, is what it is. Are you planning on killing me no matter what ability I activate on this thing? Mm-hmm. Only then can you possibly ignore it. Yeah. So, is this reminding me of a point I brought up earlier, and and. One of you guys might have been the one to mention this in uh, Memphis, but uh, we didn't mention it here. As I look at Nicol Bolas God Pharaoh and look at this version with the smaller picture, because of the four abilities, it's got a smaller art box, um, that the invocations were originally designed to be like looking through windows. Mm-hmm. Huh. I thought that was interesting that one of the artists revealed that the, their whole representation of them and the, the reason why they're framed the way they are is they're supposed to be like, you know, like walking down a hall and looking through windows. Interesting. Huh. 
Interesting. Yeah, I've never. I wouldn't have caught that. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, that's weird. That's like, oh, that. Oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Like that. That is, I think the 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 tip that they got was like to to have it appear as though you were looking through a window. Hmm. But yeah, Nicobol's got there is awesome, especially when he's scratching hieroglyphics of himself into the wall. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I'll definitely go for the San Diego if I was gonna gonna grab. Well, I don't know the the regular full is like not even twenty, and the Comic Con's fifty ish. So. Huh. They're, they're both good, but yeah, I definitely like the art on the. Yeah, they're all pretty well done. Yeah, this card's pretty impressive. I I do run this one over actual Nicol Bolas Planeswalker. I also do not run OG Nicol Bolas. Oh, but the uh, the new Nicol Bolas, the four drop Nicol Bolas, though, is certainly kind of where it's at. Um, but I kind of want to run both. Is the problem? Hmm. So. Yeah, no, I would. I would. Wouldn't mind having both of those in a in a cube draft. Be fun. Yeah. So, all right. Let's uh let's keep let's keep rocking and rolling here. I don't think there's any other multicolor cards. Like I thought, all the gods would be good, and really, it's just Scarab God. Pretty much just Scarab God. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much just Scarab God. Um, Samet is okay, but not Maybe. great. The untested because I didn't. Bother testing her out. Yeah, there's just <laughs> better planeswalkers. Claim to fame is another one I really wanted to be. Yep. Meh. It just was very average. Um, Mirage Mirror, super interesting for EDH, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, about the only, uh, like, God Pharaoh's gift. It, it's pretty cool. It just, I wish it didn't cost seven. It's just so much. Like you get something the turn you play it, which is which is fine. But uh, yeah, it's definitely kind of almost a build around. But right. Build around a seven drop. It's like eh, not quite where I want to be. But it it leads to fun fun uh, combat for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Now, do you guys uh, have you tried any of the lands? Specifically, mm-hmm. probably something like Scavenger Grounds. That just gives you an out if you have uh, decks that support graveyard shenanigans in your cubes. No. no honestly, like, um, like my reanimator decks, they can be really good, but they come together so infrequently. Like, for somebody just to play this and just like to exile your graveyard, it'd be, eh, I don't know. And it, it's pretty cool. Like, if you have a, a lot, a lot of graveyard action going on, it'd be something you might want to look at. Yeah, like I said, our I'm a little devastated. It's uh, <laughs> there's there's certainly some good cards, but they're uh, it's a lot thinner, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no Guilds of Ravnica. No. Oh God, Guilds of Ravnica is it's uh, a <laughs> that's a good set. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh. We will be moving on after this to Commander. However, we're going to, this is a, we got a marathon on our hands, boys. We got, you know, <laughs> four, we, we're covering seven sets or whatever it is in one with four people to talk. So you guys get to have 
two parts instead of just one. Aren't you the lucky ones? It's like free value. Yeah. Free value. If you had a mimic in play and named podcasts, it's plus one plus one. You would get two three-hour podcasts instead of just two two-hour podcasts. It's like you have if podcasts were a token and you had anointed procession in play, you now get two of them instead of one. Two to the third power. So what's two to the third power? Eight. There you go. Zing! Math major. And by math major, I mean not close to math major. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like... All right, so we will see you all back here for some commandering and then moving on to uh, some pirating. Not that kind of pirating. And uh, perhaps some uh, instability? Unstability? Yeah, let's go with that. Unstability. I, 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 I can't wait to talk about unstable. I am. I am. Some of these cards are so amusing and mm -hmm. so busto. I, I hope you guys have had a chance to play with some of them and, and talk about it. So uh, we will see you all next time. So from uh, myself and Drew and Zakiel and, of course, Usman, see you soon. Hope, uh, hope you guys can chip in. If you guys hear cards that we neglected to mention that you've had great experience with, please hit us up. Uh, and we'll see you guys next time. Usman, this is where you say goodbye. <laughs> oh, <laughs> bye, everybody. <laughs>